after reading that law line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Pro lines could you ask for uh, jihad, a jihad, a jihad with uh, today's today's guest? Uh, I got all uh, my uh, time zones mixed up. <laughs> the uh, the what do you call them? Twitter Spaces is uh, tomorrow. I don't know Wednesday, Wednesday five thirty p.m. Mountain Central time central time i think uh right so uh we do have uh sparkus uh waiting to go and uh i will pull him in no need for uh, oh yes one a couple things uh let's just check the soundboard it's behaving and um once again uh i just want to uh, give a heads up to shut it yeah well don't mind hot dog in bailey on the screen but uh yeah oh you can't see in the top left hand corner <laughs> text raining blicks in the way um uh, uh tag memes uh back on form so uh i thought i'd uh, showcase some of his mimetic warfare he's uh he's kind of kind of nailed the, the gestalt there and uh let me uh of course do quick housekeeping um Please go to McCannDojo.com. Um, 
trying to uh, try and fight this information warfare on uh, basically uh, rations. Um, sucks. Uh, any support, gladly. Gladly uh, uh, received. Uh, much, much appreciated. And I will now, now uh, do. Let's, let's get this going. All right. Spartacus. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> How are you, sir? Oh, I heard you for a second. Is my mic working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, it's good. Uh, let me just. Oh, that's strange. I'm not getting any audio. Uh, it's coming through on my end. So, um, you sound good, bro. Um, yeah, I, I don't see your uh, your circle turning green at all. So, I... oh shit. Yeah, I know why. Hang on, hang on. I've used uh, I've used the wrong. Uh, I've used the browser. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hearing anything on my end. That's my fuck up. Wait, uh, where is um, pow? Uh, do this. Now times that catches me out. Um, hello, right. hello, testing. Yes, do this. Boom. Now that's working, right? Yep. Got it. Yeah, I was. Uh, I used the browser, web browser, to call you, and um, I just uh, don't have it set up. Sorry, bro. Hey, how's, how's it been going? People could hear you fine. <laughs> um, you, you just couldn't hear me. So. Yep. I'm very, very sorry. Um, no, it's all right. It's cool. Yeah. So, so, yeah, man. How yeah, have I you just, been? Just, um, just got a documentary out, so... Yes, yes, I was pointing... Uh, I didn't really push it so much the other day, uh, yesterday. Um, I, I was halfway through watching it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I finished, I actually finished the last 10 minutes whilst I was getting ready. And uh, um, it is, uh, it's brilliant, dude. Um, I, I, I will put the link uh, to it whilst I will... Um, here, uh, let me put it in the restream chat. Uh, please, everyone, uh, new channel started up by uh, Sparkus and um, go go sign up, uh, please. And uh, while you're at it, sign up here, hit that thumbs up. And uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I, I'm, I'm averaging around uh, 150 live viewers when I'm sort of going live on Rumble, bro. And uh, nice. I, I average about 50 likes. I've got 100 hate watchers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's about par for the course, I think. <laughs> considering, Very good. Considering the, how should we say, less than diplomatic approach that I've taken over the last, yep. last few years. But um, I, don't know, I don't know how else you fight the mob, bro. Pretty much. Um, the thing about it is that I think the part that's bothered me, um, especially these past few months, is the way people have developed almost like a laser focus on um, on, on COVID nineteen, on, on the um, the pathology of the virus, the uh, the, the genetics, its origins, um, and and while it's it's fine to investigate that, and there's still a lot of unanswered questions about that, um, I think. There's, I mean, there's this great big overarching 
structural component to this mm. that a lot of people just aren't seeing yet. Yes. Um, it's um, all these different organizations that are involved in this, um, all these different figures, these, these personalities, um, in kind of an interconnected ah, web. Personalities, bro, may just be uh, stretching the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Scumbags. Scumbags. Yeah. Exactly. It's um, um, it's just like um, and in a lot of these they link right back to the World Economic Forum, um, the Club of Rome, uh, Council on Foreign Relations. Um, basically, this is the 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 whole um, limits to growth, you know, depopulation plot from the seventies. Yeah, we're we're seeing it play out fifty years later. Yes, um, I, I'm in my more black-pilled moments. I I'm drawn to that inevitable conclusion and how dark that is with respect to what it means for just us. <laughs> those just, those not in the club, bro. It's just shocking to me that so many people went along with it. It's like, how could they not notice that something was wrong with this? Mm. Um, it's, I mean, a, a lot of the people, I mean, not everyone who's involved in this is like a true believer in degrowth, depopulation, um, you know, that sort of thing. They actually think that, they, that, they, that they're performing a public service, that they're actually doing good. Look at that, was it um, uh, the, the Jordan Walker vid? Uh, there that Project Veritas took that guy's just kind of like flailing around screaming oh we're just trying to help people right right it's like, what what actually goes to these people's heads where they think that they're they're actually helping people with this stuff so it's like how can the wool be pulled over their eyes so easily look it takes time to develop sort of real critical faculties with respect to data right and the, I, I think a lot of, well, there's, there's a couple of issues that I think tie into what you were just saying. How did, how did we get so many people to go along on a mass scale? Um, I think the quick answer to that, a lot of that is um, usury, debt-based driven economies where people well, have been living paycheck to it's, paycheck. It's not just that. It's not just that. It's compartmentalization. It's... Over specialization, they they silo people into these different specialties where they can't really see the forest for the trees. They can't step back and look at the entire picture. Yeah, um, and it, it, that's rampant in any of the tech fields now. It takes a very yeah. very um, special person to be able to one develop that hyper speciality needed for you know sort of current scientific research engineering um pretty much anything in our, in our modern modern day and yeah it, it, it you've then got to be able to do that and find time to suddenly get this cross-disciplinary um acumen built up very tough bro very it, tough. it takes it takes a lot of free time that, that most people don't even have mm. to be able to be able to um to develop that and and work out the entire picture on a kind of like a broad 
scale, you know, to go over like the, the to do the big picture analysis, you know. Yeah. Um, it's um and there's just the historical component, you know. I I I you know, I have to credit uh Nick you know who that is, right? I think you've even spoke with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um the like he really tied that club of rome stuff into into these scientific malthusian driven programs that you know i hadn't really digested that well i i knew about um, them but the malthusian messaging is like everywhere you look these days it's um uh, they're always going on about you know net zero carbon and how people have to you know eat the bugs and all that and uh, trying to promote entomophagy for kids and and um, uh, like no no more fossil fuel usage. Um, you, bet, you better uh... cars with um, with internal combustion engines. It's like it's. I, I mean, just, I've, got, you... I've got to stop you, bro. Just tell people what entomophagy is. Yes. <laughs> eating bugs <laughs> just, it's just a fancy word for yeah. eating bugs but the, the, <laughs> the clips of them going around like giving kids you know flavored... yeah. well i mean like over a decade before this you know, there were ted talks and um uh, about you know how we all need to eat bugs and there are nutritionists and um, and various like and climatologists and and um, like experts in in agriculture and nutrition that are that were like tugging the ears of like policymakers and telling them you know we need to actually like get rid of livestock farming. This was this was like a decade ago. It's I mean it's shocking to me that people didn't didn't see this coming because I I saw the signs like years and years and years ago um that they were heading in this direction i i mean i i told people about this stuff um like back in 2013 2014 i said hey look you know um if things keep going this way what they're going to do is they're going to try and push degrowth and deindustrialization on people they're going to they're going to try and push for like walkable cities with really really um Short commutes, everything within walking distance. No more cars. More telecommuting. Um, telecommuting in VR. They they like pull out some kind of like VR metaverse thing, like Second Life. And sure enough, Facebook tried launching Meta, but it's it's garbage. Right. So um, and the it's like a whole decade later, everything that I told people about that was that was going to happen, like based on the whole. Um, you know, the Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 and the Sustainable Development Goals based on all that rhetoric. Everything I told people back then about degrowth and deindustrialization, um, it seems like they're very serious about acting on those those plans now. Uh, even though back then, you know, you, you tell people about this stuff and they, they think you're crazy. It's it's like, it, because it sounds so off the wall that they do this. Yeah, and... Again, it comes down to people having enough time to um, j just have the compute time. Compute, that's the wrong word. <laughs> just the, the, the thinking, the, the, the free association required to um, delve into these subjects. And, you know, the, the, the problem is, that, well, another problem is that, that they're latching on to sort of 
you know, who doesn't want to live in a clean environment, right? <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's how they sell it. That's how they make it sound appealing. What it really is, is it's feudalism. They want to go, they want to um, return to the pre-industrial, um, pre-industrial revolution class arrangements of serfs and aristocrats and not have any middle, middle class whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I think that very much looks like the trajectory that they're, that they're taking. And, um, you know, they've, is it really just plain old Malthusianism that's pushing? Well, they use they use Malthusianism as an excuse for d dismantling the current class arrangements. Uh, they don't. I I don't think that all these people on the top. I, I don't really think they they believe in a lot of this environmentalism stuff. They're just pushing it for for de industrial for the sake of deindustrialization to create the unequal class arrangements that they're trying to establish. Yeah, and, you know, this is patently obvious with them taking their private jets into places like Davos, right? If, if they believed in climate change, then they wouldn't be buying up all of that waterfront property. Right. So yeah. um, it's, uh, it's just shocking, the level of deception with these people. And... Um, I was gonna, I was going to point to you know some someone put out a factoid, Bill Gates factoid, and uh, it slipped my mind now because he's, he has the private jet. Oh yeah, the other the other thing was that if he if he was so interested in um, you know a sort of greener high tech future, why did he short Tesla company so strongly? Right. Yeah, when you would you would think that there would be a, a, a philanthropic drive to to sort of nurture uh, cleaner technologies. I mean, uh, uh, electric cars are not really that practical. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of the thing <laughs> is, is that each electric car built requires like thousands and thousands of pounds of of. Of minerals to be dug up. We're talking about uh, tons and tons of overburden that's to be removed by um, earth movers and all kinds of stuff, and and um, just the, the the amount of excavation that has to be done to to um, uh, collect all all the copper and everything. It's it's just and all of that stuff is fueled with with uh, diesel powered vehicles. Yes. So yeah. it's it's like none of the mining infrastructure is like electrified. Um, I mean, nice. you know, they've got they have bucket wheel excavators that they run on tracks and stuff, and that they're, they're, they're electric. But then the power for those comes from coal plants. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's. I mean, you can't have uh, if if they really want to ha to be like net zero, um, then nobody's going to actually be driving any cars. They, they, I mean, nobody's going to have a car. That's basically the trajectory that we're on right now. Yeah, very, very much so. And I think, um, but, well, I, I think where they want to end up is, that, like you say, that renting almost so, so like you're calling a automated uh, driverless uh, Uber. And so when I was in the US um, end of last year, not that long ago, but I was... There were literally driverless cars, um, taxis, uh, um, scooting around. Amazon, um, Amazon Zooks. 
Robot Taxi. I don't know. It was in uh, Austin, and but there they were, just zooming around the city. Just there were these uh, little um, what do you call them? Scooters that you could just rent with a app. And you seen these? I, I don't. I, I mean, I guess it. I guess it's an economy, and sort of people get around. But you know, there there was this. Um, I sent I sent you a link to the the Zooks. God, where's my Discord? And um, yes, uh, the uh... no, it wasn't those. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't look as gay as that. Yeah. They they basically um, just looked like regular cars, but there was like a, a lot of the lidar and um, sensors on like a roof rack, etc. Yep. They they look very much sort of Gen One prototypes. And you you've seen like at Aachen saying like you know why do you need to own your refrigerator? Why do you need to own your smartphone? Kind of that sort of thing. You know, they they want they want everything to be sold according to the rug doctor model. You know like where people just rent stuff mm-hmm. and. There's lease things and nobody actually owns any private property. So what they're talking about here is the abolition of private property. Yeah, very very much so. That's been the kind of totalitarian pipe dream for a long time. Yeah. And then that kind of raises the question, then who are they renting it from? Like who who actually owns any of this stuff? And and then it ends up being like held in trust by like large corporations kind of a deal. So and then those... Uh, the, the value of these corporations um, is then conferred to the you know to the shareholders, which are you know like Jeff Bezos, et cetera, et cetera. So it's basically what we're talking about here is feudalism. Yes, um, I, I'm not. There's no way I'm, I'm disagreeing with that conclusion. And yeah, it's um, they're, they're accelerating the the events, and you know, but part of part of Bringing in that infrastructure was the digital control that I think that they had planned with respect to the, you know, I had this discussion with John Brisson yesterday, but um, for sure they were taking everyone's data and um, vaccine status, PCRs, etc. It's already going into databases, but, you know, they wanted, they wanted to get it to the overt point where you were used to having that device carried around with you and uh you're scanning your qr code i mean um yeah literally what we've seen in china over the last well <laughs> funnily enough you haven't heard much from china in the last uh few weeks yeah know. that's kind of interesting right well except their uh lethal uh death balloons from <laughs> <laughs> they've been invading uh do we do we even know where those balloons came from? That's um again we're I'm looking at it from just a, we're right in the the midst of this war type environment and so just propaganda 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 right it's going to going to do yep. what it is and so who who can you trust and you know the the thing is is that the world has been has been run like a Ponzi scheme for the past century or more. Yeah. It's like they 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 are totally dependent on economic growth 
um, to be able to, to sustain the bread and circuses. Um, with if if our GDP growth were to reverse and slow down and stop, kind of a thing, then you know we'd be in pretty dire straits. And well, I'm, I I get that they argue that, but um, you know Japan is in that situation, right? <laughs> you know what? It's kind of nice. Yeah, it's um, the thing about it is our uh, our GDP growth has been one, pretty much one hundred percent dependent on on technology, on on technological breakthroughs. So you know you have the the microprocessor, um, and it's like in the in the past several decades, it's like innovation seems to have kind of slowed down a bit. Um, we we had a few things come out that were pretty fantastic, but. Um, it's like they, they they eventually they lose the ability to to you know like what a new phone squeeze to squeeze blood from a stone I mean, so to speak th- th- that's literally where I see the tech okay what 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 could I name that I think's been sort of exciting tech for the public in the last I don't know well lately in the in the past uh, several months that's been artificial intelligence. Uh, people are absolutely freaking out about Chat GPT, uh, Stable Diffusion, Dolly, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's you're just seeing the already the inherent flaws, right? That, um, that, that well, have you seen the people in charge of Chat GPT? Oh just, yeah, yeah, just like bull dyke looking. Great. <laughs> 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 um, they're trying to to um, to limit it and and censor it, its outputs and um they're also open ai are also trying to push for other people's ais to be censored yeah um they they um they actually published this document where they're talking about like like seeding um databases with like radioactive data kind of thing so they could actually like track it um as it's processed by uh, by competitors ais mm, um, interesting and they, they want they want the um oh it's it's kind of complicated but you know if if you have certain um certain things in the in the data set that the uh, that the AI analyzes to form its um its model um the, those they'll form telltales in the outputs okay. so um they want to like to like seed the inputs with things that, that just pepper it with things that that become traceable in the output. So, uh, so I, I mean, I I was basically they want to spread poisoned data around. Because I was I was working with people that were, you know, this this idea that deep learning and you know basically it's sort of black box type um, processes going on as you as you as the machine is making the associations and. Uh, God, I mean, this is going back five, six years now, more. And I was, but the the idea was that they could post fact sort of work out the route that it had taken with respect to associations as it was sort of building these uh, these constructs. And you know, I, 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 the computer science aspect of it was just way out sort of my um, domain expertise but 
Um, neural neural networks, um, artificial uh, neural networks are fairly complicated. Um, in a lot of ways, um, the ones with with like oh millions or billions of nodes or parameters or whatever um, are basically um, impossible to to really analyze to really know what they're they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean they they can they can do some analytical stuff with them, but they, but uh, to, to kind of sort of model what it's thinking, but they have they really have no idea. Mm. Yeah, uh, what's go- what's going on in these things? Yeah, I just I just bought the black box bit, and uh, it it spat out results that was uh, useful for me. <laughs> I was like, okay, marvelous. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll um, use it. AIs can be tricked very easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like ChatGPT, even I had this this uh, conversation. I uh, posted on my Substack with the ChatGPT where I I um, had it parrot back information to me about um, smart cities and and uh, human tracking technologies, et cetera, and the Internet of Bodies. Right. And um, it did pull up a lot of information in in the data set that um, uh, was, as far as I could tell, correct. But if you if you ask it like a leading question, um, it'll it will spit out a um, a, a faulty answer occasionally. So, for instance, um, I uh, I asked it like, "Who is Joel Rifkin?" And then it gave me a, like this like biographic details for Joel Rifkin. The pro- the pro- the problem with that is that um, his name's Jeremy, right? It's it's it actually like my question there. It's it actually spat it back with a with a false name, right. and it it didn't it didn't even bother to correct me. Yeah. So th- this is uh, the what happened with Google's um, launch, right? That it got it got some some really basic data wrong with respect to I want to say it was like exoplanets. And uh, yeah, the question was about the James Webb Telescope, and you know, the, and I think the answer it spat out was basically the James Webb Telescope is like the first ever technology to be able to sort of determine that there are planets orbiting stars, and, you know, far yeah. away. Right? And, yeah, I mean, if you if you ask it leading questions, you can get it to, to spew just about anything. They behave like parrots. Yeah. And I observed that same behavior when messing around with, with GPT previously with like AI dungeon and stuff like that. So, um, and the thing about it is that, um, uh, these, these language models, what they're trying to do is that they're trying to, to, to model the English language. Um, they're trying to determine like, what is the, is the most likely given a, a, a particular sequence of words what is the most likely sequence of words that corresponds with that so they're, yeah. try, they're basically trying to brute force english yeah. kind of a thing so um it's um gpt behaves like almost like an like a really really fancy autocomplete um but it's a lot more sophisticated than that it, it really i mean it and it does come up with some really amazing answers to some questions but but it's possible to trick it Yes, by by crafting your prompts very carefully to um, uh, to incorporate deceptive or leading questions that get, that prompt it to 
to fabricate a reply. So, um, and the other thing is, it can't really come up with, a, with an opinion on information that's not contained in the data set. Right. So if you, if you ask it like, what happened in 2050? Um, I mean, the GPT could tell you, tell you a completely fabricated story about the historical events of the future. Um, or the creators could put in like a limiter that says, you know, like, don't actually tell people about future events kind of thing, because otherwise it would just, it would just fabricate a fiction. Well, um, they're doing that already just with quote unquote contentious topics. Right. So, um, exactly. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to take a, a, a language model that spews all sorts of fictions based on on the inputs uh, based on the uh, i mean uh, it's just and they're trying to take it and they're trying to actually make it useful and applicable to real world problems mm-hmm. and and factual content they want to they want this thing to be like a, the next search engine kind of a thing so that's um it, the problem with that is that they're trying to get something to, uh, they're, tr- they're trying to get chat gpt to do something that the model is kind of inherently not very good at because it it wants to make up um complete fabrications on the fly yeah but um, I, I, they, I wonder... they basically have to force it to um to to spew facts I, I, so I, to speak i wonder you know because it's there's this constraint around um you know contentious issues that um, you know, maybe they maybe they realize that in order for it to actually be a true, not that they realize, but, but these... in theory, you have to remove all constraints in order to for it to be able to hone down in on the, you know, the possible independent variables that you you would you'd be interested in, and it would be the. You, and you have to have some reinforcement feedback in that, and it, it's got to have some real world, um, yeah, it's got to have real world feedback put into it to tune it. And artificially trying to do that with, you know, what are, what are um, essentially ideological positions that you know we're seeing in this current environment that are moving further and further away from a, a base reality. Um, yeah, and... these these companies are deathly afraid of their products being used to um, to spout you know racial slurs or uncomfortable facts. Um, they they don't want people to use their their product to spew taboos because then then it comes back to them. You know, then 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 journalists start writing all sorts of articles about how people are using like chat GPT to make up fake articles and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm just, and I'm, harass people, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm thinking um, of the, I don't know if you saw this as well, that the, I don't know if it was someone actually did it on uh, discord or if it was promulgated, but I might be urban myth, but someone was asking it. Um, I've got 20 seconds to um, defuse this. <laughs> 10 megaton nuclear device, but the, uh, I swear it's a racial slur. <laughs> the, end, the N word, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, is the password. It's, um, and I, then I remember they, they actually, um, managed to trick 
chat GPT into splitting its its personality, splitting it itself into two different outputs, one that's that plays by the rules and one that doesn't. Right, right. right. And then the one that doesn't stated that the like the it was like more utilitarian. It actually stated that the that the utility of saving like X amount of lives is far far greater than the uh, the negative utility of saying like a, a racial slur. So it's um the thing about it is that uh, these AI models are trained on these huge, huge data sets that they've scraped from the internet. They've uh, basically just pulled down like, you know, millions, billions of words of English text and, you know, millions of uh, photos and people's drawings and stuff for the uh, the image generators. And they've fed them into the models for uh, for uh, as training data. So... Um, and, I, and I'll say this to, to everyone listening. We're all guilty of uh, fueling this panopticon that's uh, emerging in front of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing about it is that they're, they're definitely afraid of their models encoding, um, to, uh, to quote them, pre-existing biases. So they, what, they, they, what they don't want is they don't want their models to reflect the way people feel about other people at present you know it's like they, they don't want them to, to do that they want them to um to in, to encode progressive values actually in the ai model so that it nudges humanity towards a quote-unquote brighter future <laughs> that uh, sends shivers of fear down my spine bro but let's sort of step back a, a little bit too it's it's just the same managerialism crap from yeah. these people yeah yeah it's right. it's the same it's the same stuff it's i mean regardless of whether it's ai or whether it's with people it's it's the same thing they they think they they treat human beings like machines that's that's the biggest problem they don't treat people like people they they treat human beings like apparatuses like um, machinery on a factory floor. And like I would apply, a monkey, bro. Like they I... think they can apply exactly. They think that they can that that we're all just lab monkeys, and that they can apply scientific management principles to the whole of humanity. And that's where a lot of this this progressivism stuff comes from. It comes from the notion that human beings, rather than being negotiated with and allowed to to you know con conduct our affairs with rational discourse that we should be um managed yes that's that's the biggest problem here yeah and well you, you know steel man the other side a little bit you know you do need some rule sets and standards <laughs> just uh, some right um i think we have well, to, some yeah, all right we've got to we've got to well i i, I think the sort of um, the philosophy and the epistemology of that had been worked out in the sort of Anglosphere, right? A sort of you know, it's, I, I um, they are they are they are basically creating entirely new taboos, like social taboos, out mm. of nothing. Yeah, and yeah. the way that they're doing this, it's resulting in massive political polarization. They can't even they it seems they it seems like they can't even figure out why this is happening. They're 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 as bewildered as we are. They basically expected people to just cave into this shit. Yeah, but and but the, we haven't. You sort of saw that. You know, there's historical precedent for that, like with, with in economics, 
right, where they sort of had this idea of, you know, Keynesian, is it Keynesian, you know, Keynesian economics, et cetera, and then, um, you know, inflation versus unemployment was this, I'm trying to think of the guy who's, I always forget his name, but he did a really, really good analysis, historical analysis of why these economic systems, even when they thought that they really understood them, but when they when they let it go like they thought the theory should work, it, it didn't. And um, something more more complex and fundamental was occurring, and I'm not giving it a good... I'm not an economist, but I'm, I'm shit with money. Right. <laughs> but the... Uh, the um, yeah, there's, you know, the, well, this gets down to your original point that everything becomes siloed and that this hyper-specialization realizes uh, or means that they miss fundamental elements in the larger description of reality. And in in doing so, they they can, in in their... Well, it's like a form of credentialism, right? They 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 they're in love with their their selves, their credentials, their their so-called expertise, and they. Well, they... what it is is it's the ruling class um, think that the rest of us ought to be managed by their underlings. They've they've created this culture of managerialism in in universities. Um, and they've raised an entire generation of ideal managers, people who, who don't really ask too many questions, who don't really have very developed critical faculties, and they just they just kind of just a bunch of yes men who kind of just go along with whatever commandments the um, uh, the cathedral, so to speak, has for them. Yeah, Monkey King. So Monkey King just wrapped it up for me. Modern monetary theory is just the the phrase I was looking for. But uh, and they formed a kind of um, a, a kind of clerisy, so to speak, yes. like, in, like a um, uh, it's it, essentially what we have now is a system that's that's kind of like what the church was. Hundreds yeah. of years ago, yeah. where where now you have instead you have this entirely secularized system um, of of managers that just kind of prescribe values to people. Um, it's it's really it's it's kind of ludicrous from my perspective. It's like they've completely thrown away the Enlightenment. They've completely thrown away John Locke. You know, it's like just. They bro. want to go. Uh, they want us to go right back to medievalism. With God is stuff. dead, though, right, bro? That's uh, God is dead. Doesn't Nietzsche write that? That's uh, <laughs> this, we're just uh, reaping, uh, reaping the fruits now. And you know this. You know, I want to. We should. We should con constrain to the medical bio mafia that this. This credentialism and um, um, deference to expertise. And well, the problem with it is that a lot of these people don't even know what what their underlings are actually doing. Mm. It's they, they are, are trained in the cult of managerialism, but they have absolutely no clue about science or technology or biology or anything. Their, their phones may as well be filled with magic pixie dust. 
it's like our colleges are graduating tons and tons of these educated morons who have these like law degrees or degrees in in uh, business management um degrees in communications and so on but they have absolutely they don't know the first thing about science and technology yeah. not the first damn thing yeah and look the the simple Fact we graduate is... armies of bean counters and all our papers are written by h1bs yeah. it's like something is is not right here yeah it's a it's a huge huge problem and the the problem is and well you get down to this automation in science as well so like the you know the really um successful labs and successful universities they're the ones that can afford you know all the all the best equipment and they can farm out you know the fabrication for the tools that they make and just to just to maybe hone in on one particular um uh, question you know so like is this what's what's the function of gene x in uh, under condition y and right. the uh, um much of the again the the idea of natural philosophy uh, sort of underlying the the nature of well that that degree that you're supposed to get right you're supposed you're supposed to be able to think critically um, yes across and and across broad subjects but we're putting um you know what I see I just see um, literal, what seemed like children to me, in how young they are, being um, put in in positions that have uh, immense, well, that it's responsibilities and consequences. Should they um, should they screw up? And that was epitomised perfectly with the uh, the four people from Twitter: Yol Roth, the Indian woman, the um, Mm -hmm. was, there was a couple of them. those are the two the hearing yeah yeah and th they they look just too young too young to be in those positions right they, I mean, so that it's impossible listen to, to them constantly making excuses for themselves mm. um excusing their behavior um they, you know what the thing is is that they have absolutely no idea where they got it themselves they they have just been indoctrinated to such a to such a degree that this behavior seems normal and natural for them. Yeah, this yeah. this kind of just constant dishonesty and well, chicanery. You know, this it, it brings us to the um, you know this issue of synthetic biology, gain of function, whatever you whatever you want to call it. Right, the um, we've literally we're in we're in the position where it's it's like handing the chimpanzee the AK. Right? Yeah, have you seen that clip from what was it a Planet of the Apes? It's shocking to me that the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, um, HHS, uh, DARPA, that that we've been handing millions of dollars in in our tax money here in the US, um, to foreign biolabs to conduct all sorts of research with, with minimal oversight. Yes. It's like, there's, there, I mean, none of these 
labs uh, are, sub- uh, are subject to like freedom of information act requests for their for the materials like yeah. at, at these laboratories. oversight I mean, not that there's there's a lot of oversight but it's corporate oversight that's looking yeah. at what's going on and th- th- there's our fundamental problem and you know i think um, what i would like to do sparkus if you don't mind is uh commander mm. ricks is waiting in the wings <laughs> this is oh. uh well I, I i don't know um i'm trying to th- think what would be the best because i'm um as we focus in on this medical mafia types um i think and because i i want to sort of pull it in the direction of this synthetic um biology and there's this um i guess well fractious discussion about you know what what makes gain of function gain of function um yeah is, is it really um an issue etc i mean i'd love to exactly get, to get your it's, input um, um I, i'd also like to get charles but i'm thinking i might have to move to zoom bro so oh um are you are you okay with that i've, I've i can just send you the invite but um could you carry on oh, talking whilst on. whilst i sort of set that up sorry oh sure um anyway um as far as gain of function research goes um we've been doing a whole lot of it in in foreign bio labs with basically no oversight um it's um and it's it's all like American funding that's going into a lot of these laboratories um, through companies like EcoHealth Alliance, Meta Biota, Labyrinth Global Health, and so on. Um, I'll just and, add. Uh, I'll just add. Um, but people forget the UK in this. They're balls, yes, balls deep. Uh, right? uh, the Wellcome Trust. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy Farrar is like look at Jeremy Farrar. How they they rewarded the the, the WHO has rewarded him as with a position as their chief scientist. So it's like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and um, it's it's the enronization of biotech, right? Where they've, I, I think there's been this, well, are there accidents, you know? Uh, there's this shocking overlap between um, IT and and biotech in in these these circles um where they're they are um trying to like digitize biology so to speak um it's uh things like proteins like de novo protein synthesis coming up with genes and proteins that never existed in nature stuff like that um and it's kind of i suppose it's been kind of a a pipe dream of theirs for a while to to just start engineering biology um to to that degree um not just like um stuff like gmo seeds like they've been doing for years but actually going in and, and like using messenger rna to um to bully cells into producing whatever proteins you want them to even ones that don't exist in nature so, so um 
take for instance like the the Draco um that um that actually consists of two proteins that do exist in nature but they're fused end to end in a configuration that that doesn't exist in nature at all so um like one end of the one end of the Draco protein is like protein kinase R that latches on to viral double strand uh, RNA and and uh, then the other end is like apoptotic protease activating factor one that binds like uh, procaspases and then tells the cell to kill itself. It basically bypasses um, all the the uh, defenses that viruses have uh, to to prevent apoptotic cell death because viruses are, ve are very interested in like gumming up the works um, and preventing cells from killing themselves before they can. Uh, reproduce as many virions as possible so so dude if you could hit that zoom link i would be grateful um because okay. yeah I, I really want to steer this conversation towards you know what 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 constitutes this um modification to um Microbe world, I guess, in a microscopic domain. Um, yep. It, it has uh, big, um, big implications. But um, you, uh, did I put the link in the chat? Yeah, I did. Um, can you click that link? Yep, got you. Yep. And let's do this. And. Whoops. Um, all right. Oh, there we go. Yeah, all right. And you've actually got a cool avatar. Um, so I can bring it on screen. So switch that, and then I can switch this off. And um, Charles, meet Sparkus. Sparkus, meet Charles. Yeah, it's going. It's oh, did I did I mute Charles? My mic on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can hear you. Um, uh, asked to unmute. Uh, Charles is muted. Did I did I mute him? Yeah. I, I suck at hosting. Uh, Art so to unmute. Um, yeah, well, we we can. Um, do unmute. I'm asking him to unmute. We'll just <laughs> we'll just see if we can uh, figure it out uh, on on his end. But um, the um, but the. We're at a very well. We're on the precipice of uh, no. That's wrong. We've we've blown past that uh, um, quite some time ago. And that's the point of no return. Yeah, yeah. I I I think so. The the I think what we have to sort of do now is the equivalent oh. of. Um, like you know, the equivalent of like trying to stick your ice pick into the side of the mountain as you as you're yeah. skidding down it and and trying to um, hope that the you know there might be some bushes at the bottom that uh, yep. that, that break the fall. And... The thing is, is that I don't think that any of this is going to to get any better because the technology is advancing so rapidly that it's pretty much guaranteed to introduce like new and complicated problems for society in, in a way that that's just going to be just, just very unexpected. 
for people. I mean, people are not are not going to be able to even anticipate the changes that are coming. Um, when you look at, at what they're doing with artificial intelligence, it's like take take for instance a G, like Chat GPT, and now take that and apply those same algorithms to human brain data, apply it to protein synthesis, apply it to scientific papers, and so on and so forth. Mm. And you're, you're looking at a situation where there's where all of a sudden you have a technology explosion. You have and then you have AIs engineering proteins from scratch that a human being would never think of. Stuff like that. I think Charles managed to unmute. Let's try this again. Charles, meet Sparkers. Sparkers, meet Charles. Go. This is Mike's on block. Hey, how's it going? Nothing. Up, up, Commander Rixie. I don't know if it's my fault or his. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything. It's, it says it says his mic is un, unmuted now on my um, screen. It did have a mute sign over it. So... Um, guess i guess he's trying to get through yeah the mute sign's gone but i think that does he have the source set up for his microphone correctly usually we don't, we don't usually have a problem when it um comes to using zoom um i don't know if uh maybe he wants to Charles, if you want to try rejoining again um hit the invite let's see if that that works maybe i don't know but the uh you know i'm i'm sort of taking the view that by trying to split hairs about what um well, where synthetic biology could go um we're we're very much in danger of obscuring um the dangers that are are present have been i think understood for a long time and um i think have been deployed against well against the world in the last three years now you know your yeah. documentary does a very very good job of um summarizing up you know the the gaslighting, I guess, for want of a, a better expression, that was that was done to the public. But um, I'm I'm still I, I, me personally, I'm still having to constrain my thought process by at least my you know my faith in science. I don't know pre twenty. 15 2018 something something like that I, yep. I i i have i have to make the presumption because i'm i know what i was doing was a was replicable because I, I, and mine my work was you know first done in the 1970s right the sort of intracerebral microinjection approach to sort of try to tease apart what functional brain networks are doing and mm -hmm. the, the idea of that was to try to understand move literally just movement disorders, Parkinson's. Why do why do we see what we do when someone's getting Parkinsonian, and why do we see the um, well, you could call them adverse events, I guess that uh, that are a consequence of 
treatment. So to, in, in this particular instance, we would so the primary treatment for Parkinson's was L-dopa, and yeah. the when you give L-dopa repeatedly to Parkinson's patients, the um, they develop these um, involuntary movements called dyskinesis. And, yeah. you know, we started to be able to sort of tease apart the, the dis, if you go in and disrupt a particular nuclei network, etc., and it, it, the, same, the same type of perturbation, depending on where you did it in the network, could result in radically different um, abnormal involuntary movements. And, you know, from that, it extended out into um, this ability to reproduce um, the the more uh, you know, complex behaviors, the neuropsychiatric type abnormalities. And, you know, the yep. one thing that we nailed was this ability to focally disrupt and induce cl classic OCD type symptoms. And wow. so I, in my mind, that sort of reproducibility was there. I, I, was, I was able to do it again and again and again, um, you know, and layering on more and more technologies with respect to, you know, you know something like deep brain stimulation, the modulation of these circuits, et cetera. And, and you know, if I, if I broke down the, the details of, um, you know, what, what a lot of my PhD was about was literally developing the technology to be able to see what a neuron is doing within the first millisecond or two milliseconds, say, of when the pulse goes into the brain, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, a, a lot of people had sort of had a stab at, um, you know, what, what neural activity is doing in the interpulse period. So deep brain stimulation, you do like 150 hertz, for example, and that gives you like a sort of six, seven millisecond window. And we could see that the, the initial thinking was that you would get a, a lesion type effect Right, the, um, because there was a surgical treatment for Parkinson's where you would go in and lesion the output to the basal ganglia, and that seemed to sort of um, help with the symptoms. But what we found was that the neurons were, yeah, you would some would go quiet, but some would lock their activity to the stimulus pulse. And you know, my my PhD was just literally what was happening in that first second because the shock artifact on the electronics was so large that um, we, no one could tell. And it was about being able to dynamically remove that shock artifact to see what a neuron was doing. It's, it's inanely, um, I don't know. Like a, a, That's ex extremely specialized. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just... Um, Every every field of science is like that now because of the sheer com complexity of of our knowledge, and because of the um, just how how deep we we've gotten into each of these these um, different fields and each of these different subfields within each each field, um, all these these different little topics, and because of that, um, 
I think people have kind of gotten tunnel vision to to a certain extent. If you go if you go back like a hundred years and look at what what constituted you know a typical scientist, that was that was somebody who actually had a, a more broad array of knowledge on a on a wider range of topics because they could afford to. Um, they they didn't have to to really over specialize on a very specific, very very fine grained detail like that. Um, because no, the reason now, why they didn't uh, go on. Oh, sorry to oh the, the reason why they didn't was because the state of our knowledge was more primitive. It, it, I mean, it was possible for essentially for one person to have all of that in their head at one time. It's like, now it's like, think about uh, like how difficult it would be for somebody to be, to hold the, like a degree in, in, in mechanical engineering and material science and, and biology and, and, um, uh, nanotech and all all these these different disciplines that we have simultaneously it's like it's it's it, you couldn't keep it all in your in your head it's it's that the we're at the point now where our knowledge is so fine-grained that we basically that people have to to dedicate their their uh, entire lives to picking needles out of haystacks yeah and you know we've we've reached this point with this um, that the reverse genetics clones, whatever you, whatever you want to call them, okay, where um, we've yeah pushed people into this avenue where you know the consequences of the manipulations that they would that they would make, and let's let's just take the most benign example, right, where they're not trying to do. Um, they're not. They're not trying to insert something that we know would be really um, advantageous to um, the evolutionary trajectory. Right. Let's let's try. Let's say that they were trying to do like a loss of function. Right. Right. And I would I would make or I'd put forward the argument that we're still at a at a stage where we we can't fully compute or predict what the what the consequences of that would be so it's like like the gene drive um approaches to taking out mosquitoes right right um like mosquitoes are um fill a, 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 an ecological they're, they're niche. part of the ecosystem yeah right it's um they they're like oh we can take out all the mosquitoes and uh, that'll prevent mosquito borne diseases but at the same time it's like mosquitoes transfer uh, nutrients from uh, from mammals to other insects and and birds and stuff because they I mean spiders eat them um, birds they're pollinators you know, small, smaller birds and yeah it's the thing is is that it's um, you're looking at a situation there where you've taken a, something out of the food supply for a lot for a lot of other species, mm. and that's not necessarily a good thing for the uh, ecosystem. So, um, and not yes, only it that, it's um, oh, I just heard Charles. Bang. Hey, how's it going? That work? Sorry, it's been a hell trying to figure out. There's something going on with my computer. Like it won't play sound through the speakers at all. In the last oh. couple of days, so I don't, I don't know what the problem is, but yes, I'm here. New, new PC time, bro. <laughs> That's what that means. Well, it's probably because they tried to kill all the mosquitoes and 
unintended consequences or something. Right. Probably. So, um, I, so Charles, me, uh, Spark, Spark is me, Charles. No, uh, we, we know each other. Oh, you yeah. did? You spoke before? Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Just, it's all one big... Yeah, we, had that, we had that stream, um, was it several months back, remember, with, with a large group? Oh, yeah, 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 the, the round table. But the uh, more yeah. intimate one like this? No, I don't think so, surely. Yeah. Probably not. Um, but um, so uh, let's just wind, wind back a bit. Um, Charles, give us the definition of gain of function research. Penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, well, if we want to be technical, there are select agents, but we don't really have gain of function anymore as far as, because the P3CO replaced the gain of function, but it didn't mention it at all. So when it comes to the NIH, um, they literally just pretended that it didn't exist and so they took away gain of function completely and under HNHS and it's the only restrictions at all deal with um, pandemic pathogens except that's voluntary it's not required it's voluntary for someone to submit it to the P3CO board and any recommendations that Chris Hassel makes even though they're completely secret uh, are non-binding. So, um, so is this, there is no technical definition of, of gain of function, but, but traditionally, you know, doing something to an organism that in some way uh, makes it more pathogenic, virulent, whatever, to humans. And there's, yeah, there's like, se I think there's seven different things, but... Like taking um, traits from genetic traits from one virus and um, blending them with a different strain to try and produce a more virulent or or transmissible one. Um, what what really shocked me is that the P three CO boards are not actually required to to like publish member member lists. Yep, it's like secret membership. It's like who the hell even are these people? Oh, hey. that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's oh, true. And what's ironic? What's ironic is that, once again, it's completely voluntary. In the three years before the pandemic, when we had the P3CO, or two years, there was two studies that were actually looked at under this, and they they didn't end up blocking anything, and both of those were flu. So. Basically, all they did was use Peter Daszak's excuse for why what they, were, what they were calling out in 2016 couldn't begin to function. They turned around the next year and made that their basic excuse. So instead of taking the NSAB uh, board's uh, recommendations, with their, which they were supposed to do, and build around that, they just said, uh, fuck it, we're just going to... We're just going to make this rule where we can do whatever we want, and and once again they they intentionally 
try to squeeze this process in between presidents, and the HNHS passed it while there was no OSTP chair in the early Trump administration. So the whole point was basically remove oversight. That's it. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, I talked about this in the, in the intro portion of our diffuse analysis. This is what I focus on because it was basically giving them carte blanche to do whatever they want. And so it was ironic that DARPA said, no, this is, this is gain of function. You can't do this. And they were right, except Fauci didn't. No, like, Dashik was, was using the new P3CO notion, and DARPA was still trying to play by the actual old rules. But the truth is, there are no rules anymore. So. Have you seen um, Jiki Leaks getting into it with virologists on Twitter? It's like they're all trying to defend gain of function research and saying, oh, it's necessary that we do this and that. And um, basically, they've, they've, you know, used this stuff as the foundation of their entire careers for years and years, and they don't really care about it, about the risks. No, I mean, they don't care. It's just, it's uh, yes, I've seen Jiki. I mean, it's, I'd love to get Jiki on. Lack of oversight, not just the lack of oversight, but also just the 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 reaction of these virologists, their contempt towards anyone who who criticizes them and and their activities. Well, you know what? There was a, a point in my career where I, I would I would have been a right dick too to uh, people that would be concerned about you know, you know what what I was doing, and right. but I. I, I it's only in my later years that I really realized the, and, and especially on the backdrop of what we're, what we're seeing with the, with the, um, well, brave new world, brave, ugly world, I should say, that's emerging. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the angrier world as Klaus Schwab put it. Mm, mm. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the things people, people it's have, ironic. A... it's ironic. They're, we are angry because they're fucking with their system that was actually working and how dare us have the audacity to not appreciate this, you know, utopia that coming in, bringing in for us. Yeah. Them coming in and demolishing it. Yeah, so someone's what got an echo. If, Charles, you need to get headset in, I think, or some someone needs a headset. There's um. Well, I have one in, but mm. let's let's see. Are you right, on? Let me, head, let me try headphones? something else. Yeah, I'll try something else. Open. Um, but um, yeah. It, this is the you know my concern at this point is i'm i'm very very leery of rapid changes to definitions in yeah. uh, in a very very fast evolving environment and to start doing that is to play into the hands of um the right it's it's the sort of deconstructionist um Foucault. They're afraid of how these new technologies democratize power, and they're also afraid of losing control. They don't want to lose their death grip on society. They, they don't. They don't like the open source community. They don't like people doing things for ourselves without uh, their influence. Okay, I think that sounds. Yeah, check, check, check. Good. Yeah, it does sound better now. Yeah. Uh, carry on, Spark. 
so that that they, they, they oh. you were oh, you were uh, saying they don't want us doing or, or they don't yeah, want the democratization. Um, they, they don't want they especially don't want the democratization of, of artificial intelligence. They don't want people um, using like Absolutely. AI models on their own video cards and stuff, and uh, using them to generate content because that that's power. Um, that's power in the hands of the people. What they really want. Exactly right. I, I, what the, I mean, the the dystopian totalitarian pipe dream for these people is they eventually they want to do away with the personal computer altogether. What they want is they they what they're probably going to try and push for sometime within the next few decades is just having everyone use um, uh, like thin clients that access like a cloud server somewhere like Big Iron, you know, uh, in a data center. Um, so basically people don't even own their hardware anymore, stuff like that. So we may actually be seeing some of the last few um, years of people building their own PCs because they eventually, you know, um, I mean, the way things are going, look at, I mean, they're, they're angling for, for uh, armed conflict with China and, you know, they, they're probably going to try and have, like invade Taiwan sooner or later and what happens then um all our micro microprocessors are cut off you know it's like then what then we have to set up chip fabs here in the US and then this creates a situation where they can they can kind of slip in this um kind of top down control of people's hardware um and that's really concerning to me because um with this technology that we're looking at here should actually be democratized. It should actually enable decentralization of power, not this this whole business where they're trying to, to like re-centralize it. Yeah. Um, how to how to move forward? And you know, one one of those things that I think we should be very very careful of doing, and you know, this is and is this change of or changing the language so rapidly that um, it, it people people can't keep up, and this is this is why I think it um, incredibly important to nail this subject down with respect to um, chimeras, synthetic biology, the techniques that are um, available. Well, you know, you could argue that there's been a, a democratization there, but the the idea that you can um, you can synthetically, like you say, produce peptides that are um, completely novel, right? That um, they aren't they aren't slow iterations in an evolutionary sense. Um, that our immune systems have, have you know, grown with, well, wherever you want to put the marker, um, mm -hmm. 6,000 years ago. That's when it all began, right? Um, but the, um, and so I'm very, very concerned with what I'm seeing right now, which is um, what Jay, Jonathan Coo is doing. In, okay, he has a voice yep. in in the um, those those that are resisting right now and trying to make the scientific arguments and to try to um, 
well, minimize or yeah, I guess just just um, minimize the potential for um, threat that comes from that, but that 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 are unknowns. We don't we don't know what's you know what what this AI could spit out in a year's time two years from now right look at um look at for instance uh microsoft's um was it trusted computing platform thing like palladium or whatever they used to call it and and now they for like windows um for windows 11 they're requiring people to use these um these modules um like a cryptographic chip like built into their their motherboard Yep, TPM, I believe, trusted platform. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, maybe there's going to be a big market just in uh, legacy uh, legacy hardware, dude. With the... Maybe there's going to be a market in um, stripping that stuff out of computers. <laughs> yeah, like, like... Or, may or maybe we should all just go to Linux. Uh, yes, um, I, I am. Look, man, if I wasn't, if if all my software that I'm using wasn't so tied in. Well, I'm I'm old and stuck in my ways, right? And just the software that I'm used to working with has been on a Windows platform. So, um, you know, maybe maybe that's something I should think about for my for my kids. But um, the well, that, that, um, I'm sure Charles has got something to add to this this particular point of the conversation because um you you got <laughs> yeah i think so um and i don't know if i've talked about this with spartacus before um but i tell you what this is exactly this this, this concept of uh, technology is power and it creates a, a hierarchy when you have haves and haves not have nots when it comes to the latest technology and that was always going to happen anyway during you know whatever this, the singularity is but they're what, what's clear to me is they're trying to what you guys were saying earlier is is <clears throat> slow down the advance of technology especially for most people and what have they been doing throughout this entire pandemic? So they've been weaponizing this in several ways. One, they've been using all these old school tricks that they knew weren't going to work, mostly because they knew what the pathogen was. But then more specifically, by pure coincidence, I know for a fact that they've been withholding technology from the public that could have allowed them to do a whole bunch of stuff to fight this pandemic or uh, determine its origins, etc. And that's with uh, epigenetic signatures. And so basically, um, what people need to understand is that since at least 2020, they've had the technology available to be able to definitively know 
who is getting infected from the beginning. Um, so basically to forensically discover the origins of the pandemic. They're, they had this. And I know this because Major Murphy was at DARPA. He was in the BTO, Biological Technology Office. And he just so happened to be there. And, and the main thing that they were working on at the beginning of the pandemic was doing a quick pivot from testing to see if you've ever been exposed to a toxin or radi radiation source um, by checking the, your epigenome. They quickly pivoted and did, started doing a massive study on 10,000 marine recruits at Paris Island. And within three or four months, they had figured out that they had a much better, uh, much more accurate way to test, to diagnose than PCR. Like it's not even close. And, and well, the, it, but it wasn't just diagnose. And before I get into that, I just wanna say that the reason why this is interesting is because this is the reason why Major Murphy first reached out to me in, I want to say it was early July of 2021, before he had found the diffuse documents. He wanted to, he was frustrated because he was doing a one-year fellowship at DARPA and he had been watching this technology be developed. He thought it had a lot of promise. And several times, including him at one point being one of the briefers to various officials, Several times over the course of a year, Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins, I don't know why I said doctor for one and not the other, but Fauci and Collins and HNHS, but mostly Fauci and Collins and the intelligence agencies, they didn't want to apply Operation Warp Speed funding to this technology. Even though the scale of the study that they had done and the results that they had been able to get were so overwhelmingly clear that, I mean, it was a gold standard, whatever kind of trial that you want to call it. And, and yeah, and, but unfortunately, one of the things that it hasn't really been made public at all is that they can also test to find out when somebody got infected. They can also, and in the two years since, they've also been able to determine they can tell um, four days before PCR, they can tell if you're infected. And they can also not just diagnose. Wait, wait, say that, say that again. So prognose. Four days before PCR four, detection is possible. Four days before PCR. They believe, they believe it's within 24 hours of the virus first coming into you. Like, that's how early they can detect the methylation signatures. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they can uh, they can diagnose. And oh, by the way, I've I've built up a a selection of seventy or something uh, peer reviewed articles and other sources for this to ver to like to back up what I was told. And the main reason why I didn't talk about this sooner, but the, well, but also the reason why we're going to be laying it out now or very soon is because 
at the, at the time when we released Diffuse, I, I didn't explain that I was the person who got it and I didn't explain who I got it from because we were still trying to just make absolutely certain that uh, Major Murphy wouldn't go to prison to the brig for the rest of his life. So, and, and it's important for people to understand that Fauci intentionally blocked this tech. Like this is technology that has been emerging for a long time, but really in the last five years, I mean, I, you don't know this yet, but very soon, um, I'm sure it'll be happening with the, with the life insurance and other things. They can tell if you've ever been a smoker. Man. They found the epigenetic signature. Wow. So, so imagine you're not going to be able to hide that shit anymore. <laughs> um, well, so this... I mean, it goes way beyond this because they've already found the signatures for different variants of COVID, for different cancers, for all sorts of things to the point where they can diagnose, you know, 10 years before they would have been able to diagnose a lot of things. Schizophrenia, autism, uh, tendency towards uh, ovarian and breast cancer, all sorts of things. Oh, yeah, but think about this. If they can detect temporal signatures, that means that with this, we would be able to clarify whether somebody was vaccine injured or whether, say, a myocarditis was coming from an infection. So we would be able to, like, the things we'd be able to do, they would not be able to do any of this hoax bullshit because they would lose control of the narrative if, if the public was aware of this. Wow. And had access to this. It's, it's truly sick. Like, it took me a long time. I mean, it's been like a year and a half, basically, since I was first told about it. It took me a long time to really kind of understand, like, what the implications are. And even for Major Murphy, who was in DARPA and they were all talking about all this stuff. He, like, he and I have both, like, come to understand that, that this is a whole other aspect of this that's pretty sick. Because we can answer so many questions right now. And even though the papers are getting published, no one's talking about it. This, this us are building this library, this catalog of, of knowledge, this, uh, this language. And the public has no idea yet. So, hey, Charles, you know about uh, Draco? Yes. And it's it's very similar to that, you know, like whether it's it's a, another Zoom suppressed or... technology. It's like um, it, uh, Todd Ryder was working on it at MIT uh, for DARPA and, and DITRA with like something like a million dollars in grant funding. Uh, this was like back in in 2010, uh, 2011, and um, they did these uh, these tests in mice where they injected them with Draco and then they injected them with influenza and the, the Draco treated mice were protected, were actually protected for up to a week. So it, it effectively acted as almost like a universal vaccine. That's just wow. purely protein based. Um, and um, so pairing these technologies uh, together, think about it. Just, just think about it. We, we could have, we could have stopped the pandemic in its tracks because we could have had absolute accurate testing we could have had, um, so all this bullshit that they played, all these ways in which they, they tried to, to obfuscate the truth, we, we could have seen straight through it. 
the um and and DARPA tried to get this like the first time they tried was in early May of 2020 and and I found two news stories where the the program manager actually talks about it and he talks about in those news stories how he's he's expecting um FDA EUA approval uh by mid-May of 2020 and then nothing happens and that's why because they they nixed it the guy who um who developed draco uh actually resorted resorted to try to trying to like crowdfund further research on indiegogo but he wasn't able to raise enough money what happened was he he his his research had been transferred to um uh the the draper lab and um then they had like a, ch a change in management. He had like like a um, like a couple million dollar grant from the Templeton Foundation, um, but then a change in management at Draper um, saw to it that his his grants were like canceled, and he wasn't able to continue research into Draco. Well, I found out who the the change of management there was. It was that was right at the same time that Ken Gabriel started working as the that's the ceo of draper and and now ken and then ken gabriel is is um now the coo of welcome leap alongside Regi ex darpa regina dugan and he's also on the 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 Can board of, uh, he's also on the board of galvani um alongside uh for, formerly i um Monsef Slaoui, the head of Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. Wow. So you have this guy who's like connect, right, like right there with like Jeremy Farrar and Monsef Slaoui, who several years before, um, like back in 2014, actually, was responsible for uh, canceling grants for a universal antivirus. Yeah. Well, same thing. I mean, Obviously, you know, who's in, who's in Kanima Sierra Leone in, in the beginning of 2014? Uh, let me see, Metabiota, so Nathan Wolf, and Tulane, so Robert Gary. Yeah. And they got kicked out of there for dubious, under dubious uh, reasoning. Well, certainly because they, they were the reason why this, Ebola Zaire that has never been in West Africa magically caused a, an epidemic there. So that's the kind of bullshit that, that these people do. Um, so much. And the fact that the same people are still causing the problems and then cleaning them up and covering them up. It's just stunning. And, and, and you're right. I, I think that with this pandemic, one of the big things that no one's realized yet is that we we already had all the answers it wasn't just that that we knew that this virus was natural it's that we had so many ways in emerging technologies that we could have applied to it and instead they chose to go back in time for this feudalism that you guys talked about and um obviously it was just about control so th there's only one way we can fight that and so obviously we have to do that well I don't, you know dude yeah. if, if the legal process doesn't work and look i'm 
I, I, I think we have to be somewhat tempered in our expectations when you you you're dealing with something that's so encompassing and reaches so far up into the tippy top of these uh these hierarchies and so far it's got it, it goes so far back in time as well um i i'm well, i don't i don't want to go on a black pill <laughs> Did you guys so see that um, that presentation by Nita Farahani at, uh, at Davos about um, using like com yeah commercial EEGs to look at people's uh, brain data and determine criminal intent or see if yep. if workers are being productive by like checking to make sure that they're they're exerting like attention and focus on their tasks stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's um, that type of invasion into your, um, you know, inner space. I guess, for one of a better expression, um, we 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 have to fight tooth and nail to make sure that they're not implementing this type of technology. I don't I don't care if they can make an argument for of well, we'll improve productivity two percent and we'll get a. <laughs> Uh, you know, well, increase in profits of we can't. We, at some point, we have to say um, you've got enough fun coupons and whatever, whatever other trappings that come with this um, control of resources. They'll sell it to people. They'll sell it to people as a convenience. That's, <laughs> I mean, like everything else, um, like how they sold people um, cloud storage. It's like like all of our stuff. I mean, you back yourself up to the cloud. It's like you don't have any real custody over it. You have no idea who's looking at your data, um, stuff like that. You know, it's they they first they push it as a convenience. You know, like look, it's a smartwatch. It's it's all nice. It's um, it's got a fitness tracker in it. It can check your pulse, your O2 saturation. Uh, it has an EEG uh, electro um, uh, excuse me electrocardiogram built into it, and uh, you know. And and that's how they get you. They they say, look at look at this wonderful con um, convenient little gadget that we built for you, and it makes your life so much easier. And um, now you don't have to to worry about about this or that. Um, and it's just meanwhile they're they're stealing people's private data and and aggregating it, and using algorithms to sift through it and predict people's future behavior, and they're selling it. Yeah, this is this is i mean look at, at really look at the weird contradictions here where um where they they um they push for for data privacy uh for like tracking cookies and stuff like that but at the same time they're also pushing internet of bodies tech to uh, to have implanted sensors and everyone uh, like constantly pushing data to uh uh to data centers and, and collecting it, and aggregating it. It's like this is going to create a new privacy nightmare for people. And, and this is where the medicalization no regulations medicalization of all these issues is um the sledgehammer they're going to use to That's right. um push it push it through. And again, this brings this brings me back to my earlier point of um by moving by allowing changes to definitions 
understood definitions, like what's laid out in biowarfare convention treaties, right? We go down a very slippery slope of um, allowing these people to slide stuff in, yeah, like you say, through through convenience and you know the. Um, I I I don't know. So it's, say they manage to find a um, a synthetic peptide that I, I don't know. And like I, I was just you mentioned blood oxygen, right? And I'm just I'm just checking mine. It's ninety five. Not nice. Not good. <laughs> but um, the um, say I don't know. You you can have like a asthma inhaler and um. It, it would it would appear that you can get a twenty percent increase in endurance, so you can run ten miles in, instead of your usual eight. Um, and I'm I I would I I I'm want to constrain this uh, ability to warp. Understands because I would I would say we'd, uh, the argument almost is well you've you've suddenly engaged in in ga gain of function now g gain of function at a organism scale um, comes with a whole bunch of ethical dilemmas and questions that you know certainly need addressing but if if we can't even get it right about the smallest components. That that we're yeah. messing with, I, 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 I we're screwed. We're screwed. Around with them too. Yeah, that's why they want to. Uh, they, they want to obfuscate. They want to. They want to paint this as something else because the last thing th these virologists, I think, you know, they could probably survive without. <sighs> <laughs> the reality is they've already learned so much about the peptides for HIV, for instance, that they were able, in my contention, and Pratahan et al's, they were able to pick out three inserts that were six, seven, and maybe nine amino acids. Actually, it was probably like six, five, six, whatever it was. They were able to take these tiny amino acid pieces, stick them, artificially extend three variable loops, and they knew how to do it. And through practicing work, they were able to get to work to where just that small number of amino acids, appropriately spaced for the right glycolysization and um, the right positive charge, and then poof. Without putting the full GP120 in something, they were able to get the same DC sign mediation in a completely different virus, in a completely different part of a completely different virus with like 17 amino acids. So, so and that's just one thing that they, the library of information that they have that people like Jay, for instance, they give them too little credit. Now, I think they're crazy and dumb, but at the same time, they've also been hiding this stuff from us on purpose. 
because they realized they could weaponize it against the people. And so that's exactly what they're doing. And yes, we have to, we have to democrat keep it, everything democratized as much as humanly possible, because otherwise there will always, especially in the next 20 years, the only way that we can prevent this, I think, from becoming, you know, the the lords and the slaves is to is to prevent them from having that um, the, the two tier two tier system, which means that this is the like the COVID nineteen pandemic is the this is the pivotal moment in, in modern history <laughs> because if 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 we allow them to get away with this, uh, then I think we're, we're toast. It's over. And you know, getting back to Spartacus. Sometime, point. sometime within the next um, few decades, if we allow them to get away with this, they'll f figure out a way to engineer total servility into people. Oh yeah, and this is a screwed. this is we are at the precipice right now, and I I know that kind of takes us away from the. But that actually doesn't, because that's ultimately what we're talking about here. And so I think this biomedical complex, guess who would have been at those meetings when DARPA was briefing this stuff to all these people? Well, Barta would have been there. Catholic would have been there. Rick Bright would have been there. Well, until he left. Like, so these people... Yeah, but he went into, he went into industry, right? Right, but what, what I'm saying is, is that the people who are in Operation Warp Speed, the people who are doing all these things, they were hearing this from DARPA. So, what? Why didn't they? Why didn't somebody else speak up and say, "Screw you, Fauci"? No, we're going to do this because it makes so much more sense. Because we actually want to know. We want to give people the power over whether or not they're actually infected instead of this game that you're playing with PCR. And they didn't do it. Instead, they just let it all roll so that they could exploit it to take control. Yeah, with very specific goals in mind. And it's, you know, are we, are we just um, shuffling chairs on the Titanic right now? But, you know, like I said, they've, they've given us Twitter back and you know the uh, my my concern is that yeah, yeah this phase is done with right and so they move they move on to the the next which is I I, I don't know I, I I really fear the worst right now especially as you're seeing these um games around balloons and God knows. and um train derailments yeah, but that's it. Right, they're desperate. They are desperate because they know. J just imagine, okay, we get to a place where the majority of American people understand that we didn't have to use PCR at all. We didn't. We didn't have to close down schools completely because we could have had far more accurate using using saliva tests, and we could have. Like, not had to keep Johnny home from school or close down entire school systems because there were two cases. Oh, because by the way, once again, remember what I said about there being able to not just diagnose, but prognose 
to, to know if it was going to be like an asymptomatic case or if it was going to be more of a severe case. And obviously, how does that work? Well, if you can read the epigenetic signature and you see that T cells are responding heavily and they, they're not even showing symptoms yet, well, that's a classic sign of what of bad days ahead for whoever that is because that's, a, that's one of the key indicators. And those are the types of things that they're able to pick up. And because they had such large sample sizes, they were able to get incredibly accurate data. And once they have that for SARS-CoV-2, they've just really poured it on and started doing it for all these other things. Like I said, smoking, um, like 40 different cancers. Like I've got all the, all the papers that people can read. And I'm telling you, there could have been a revolution in medicine. This could have been the moment for science to step up and say, yeah, we got this. And to show the world that, that they had it covered, that they were willing to, to use all the tools available to protect humanity and do the right thing. And instead, they literally did the opposite. And so not only have they caused a bunch of death and destruction, 20, 50 trillion dollars with the loss, but they have utterly destroyed science in the minds of people. And if, and if, if the hoi polloi aren't there yet, it's not going to take them long once they realize the gaslighting that's been taking place. So, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks because the biomedical complex could have done, had the tools to make this a completely different story. They could have been the heroes. In fact, they could have set themselves up beautifully moving forward. But they didn't. Well, that's the... Uh... It's that mafia, right, Spartacus? Well, their their goal appears to be deliberate depopulation of the planet, and be, because that's their yes. that's, that's their apparent goal, it's um, we have to like like kind of like frame our analysis around that sort of because if you think about it, you know, it's like um, <laughs> if. Um, yeah. Like for for instance, uh, like Charles was saying, you know, it was it was a chance for uh, science to step up and show you, like, yeah, like we got this, but they don't want that. They actually want to harm the credibility of medicine because that creates more deaths down the line um, from people, you know, not going to the doctor for routine checkups, people um, just basically just languishing, languishing, <laughs> excuse me. Languishing with chronic health issues that, that are easily fixed with um, modern technology and modern yep. medicine. And they want that. They want that distrust. They want people to, to not go to the doctor. They want hit the nail not, on the head. Not trust, not trust medicine. That They're intentionally seeding us with distrust because they want more people to die. Wow. That's why they need to go to hell, by the way. So for all you listeners, the if there's ever... The time to to make adhere to some tenets of Christianity. This this would be one of those times. You know what? Hell might not be a bad idea because these people should be burning in hell right now. Yeah, and there's, there's a very long list right now that um, yeah. you know. I, 
Spark has raised an issue right at the beginning. I don't know if you were listening right from the start, Charles, but the, um, you know, there were there were, there would have been many people in these organisations that would have thought that they were doing the right thing, right? And I, I forgot what example. Oh, the Pfizer guy you gave as an example, right? Where he's like, where he's freaking out and he's like, oh, we're just we're just trying to help people, etc. And um, where do where do we draw the line right now with respect to the cut off of holding people responsible? Because like, in, in, I know it might sound um, ill-conceived, but in in this day and age where we've got we've got these digital fingerprints of who who did what, where, and when. Um, I I, I want to make examples of them all because the, the to not do so just means that we we face this what in I don't know ten years time two years time you know it could be yeah. pick your date um, and um, you know my my shit list is pretty long at the moment but it I, I, I'm no doubt it could it could get much much longer um but where do we where do we stop give give me give me a reason to stop uh, um you know no I, mercy I, mean, I, I just said they should go to hell so i don't know if i'm really yeah but how really how, how far down the 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 sort of um hierarchies of organizations do we go where you know people people didn't have there's no way to expect that people would have the, the the just the technical expertise to just start picking through this data right the um like most doctors couldn't right and yeah. well the problem the problem is is that we're we're facing converging uh, problems because the there's one giant death star public private partnership which is silicon valley and uh, the deep state so if if they already had such control of that and and we've seen with twitter i mean it, it was so ingrained it was effortless and what's disturbing, what should be disturbing to people is that um, if it was in place as it was during Trump's administration, uh, hmm, that should really cause people to, to ponder, okay, like, so I, I don't know how we, we kill the Hydra because in order to do like a full clean sweep, this is so far beyond like the biological sciences. I mean, if anything, that's the least of where we should start. And I just don't, yeah. I, I'm trying to work through my head as I try to prep shit to hopefully be for Congress. Like, what should I expect here? What should I be fighting for? What does justice mean? Because what I, what I think justice means for the for millions of victims who are dead and all the rest of us who also suffered, uh, what, what, what does that mean in the face of 
we're still going to be left with this this deep state who has been doing so much more even than we thought they were doing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just know that we have to do as much as we possibly can. That's my answer. Um, all right. Hey, Charles, have you seen my uh, documentary I just put out? No, no. And actually, so I'm glad you said that because I, what, I, what I really wanted to do was kind of, I realized that I kind of blew this up a little bit. We're throwing that out there, but at the same time, it was very relevant to what you guys were talking about. But I think I think it'd be good for us to kind of recenter, and since I haven't seen it yet, but since I do, obviously know something about a lot of these people, um, just from reading all their emails and crap. So like, I'm very interested to 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 know what it is that you want to highlight about yep. the complex, and. And then, you know, so yeah, so I do kind of want to re-center on that because I, I know you've, that there's nuggets there that, that we need to hear and it's important context. So, so yeah, what you just tell me, know about, I it. what do we know about Dennis Carroll? Uh, well, I, I, I can tell you what I have on just... uh, my meme, uh, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was, he was part of the Global Forum Project and all the other garbage ideas flowing yeah, from he, and met about it. It seemed like, um, uh, like after Predict, it's like um, he set up the uh, Global Virome Project as a way to pay himself his a paycheck from his own employer. Yeah, pretty much. Like just, just to essentially to kind of like draw grant money off to himself and his, his own little pet project. But this this guy, the way he he coordinated, like Metabiota, Labyrinth Global Health, Eco Health Alliance, um, this guy gives off some serious spook vibes. Like, what's this guy's deal? I mean, well, he, he like, even so... looks like the twelve monkeys. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that... He he does he does. That wasn't where I was going with it, but but you're right. He he does kind of like. You know, what, what, so here's my question. So for Metabiota, how familiar are you with their pandemic insurance concept? Um, what they wanted to do with it? What? <laughs> oh, 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 this is great. This is great. I love this because in in 2014, there, there was an article that came out, and I, I'll find the link to it because you need to read this article. And basically, actually, no, this one came out in 2020, but he was talking about the other part of Metabiota, besides all the sequencing and everything, because they were all bought into the, you know, build this massive database and then we can predict what, what's going to emerge. Well, the other thing that he'd been wanting to do since the early 2000s was pandemic insurance. In fact, he started trying to do this. He just didn't give any buyers during the pandemic. Wow. But basically, working with insurance companies i think the biggest one they had was it was in germany selling policies to companies you know to be to, to buttress them up in case a pandemic should emerge and as it just so happens because he would he he'd be, since metabiota has been key in, in gathering all this information well it just it just works out perfectly that 
you know, that they might be accurate at doing this. In fact, so accurate, it's a shame he didn't have this already in 2014 because since it's, so we're pretty sure that the Kinema compound in Sierra Leone is where the Ebola outbreak actually started. Wow. Um, the metabiota was there, and then the metabiota was also uh, working with the WIV. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and also, by the way, uh, predict and, pre and preempt were like all those things was also tied to like Rocky Mountain Laboratories and obviously the Health Alliance. So we're talking about that Nathan Wolf wanted to wanted to set up this thing where they were selling pandemic insurance. It's and, and, he, and in June or July of 2020, some author, like the article author, the journalist was, was talking to him and Nathan Wolf was saying, yeah, I wish I'd, I wish I'd pushed a little bit harder in this domain, you know, prior to the pandemic. Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, but yeah, so that's a pretty good business to be in. Wow. Mm -hmm. Predicting. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> nice so, country you got here, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, in the documentary, I mentioned, uh, Billy Bostickson and, um, his digging into uh, Nathan Wolf's background, because this is really shocking. A lot of people don't realize this, but the, so the guy who's taking um, money from uh, Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca and from, from uh, like DITRA and, and NIH and all this and, and, uh, and spending it on subcontracting it on like grants, these, all these um, Ukraine bio labs and stuff, this guy, was an associate of Gielan Maxwell and um, was one of the, <laughs> the founding citizens of Terramar. It's like, see, I'd heard of, of Gielan Maxwell and Terramar since like way back and stuff. And, and um, in my opinion, what they were doing with Terramar was like, like seasteading. They were trying to um, skirt the bounds of the law by, you know, taking advantage of the lawless condition in international waters, you know, to move contraband or, whatever the, the heck else they wanted to do that was highly illegal. Um, and, um, teen girls. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, probably even younger than teen, I would say, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is me. and you look in the Wayback machine and sure enough, his face is right there and on, on Terramar's site. And this, this guy is, I mean, do people even realize this, that, the guy who's taking DOD funds and passing them to Ukrainian biolabs is an associate of a child sex trafficker. This is this is some really really dark stuff. Wait wait, are you referring to Biden or to uh, Nathan Wolf? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and I know. I'm saying uh, sex trafficker. Uh, I, I was I was putting Hunter Biden and his dad in the same uh, category yeah, as uh, the now deceased. Epstein, yeah, but you're right. Yes, it's um, there's something about this that just smells like CIA from top to bottom. It's uh, it's just really dark, like intelligence community chicanery. They they're pulling some some crap on us, and none of it's in in the the better interest of the of the American people. It's just this is just complete garbage the intentional sabotage and treason.
you're, you're not going to hear uh, any complaints from me in that department. Um, it really is like the scale. I bet that even the craziest conspiracy theorist, like 4chan, backroom, QAnon, whatever's, couldn't have pieced this one together as perfectly as this kind of appears to be. I mean, yeah. this stuff is, this is insane. I mean, Hunter Biden, Ukraine. I mean, the, the fact that they're willing to go to like all out full, potentially even nuclear war, just to cover up their own asses is insane, except for the fact that that's exactly what Fauci was doing at the beginning of the pandemic. He could have, he could have made decisions that would have protected people. And instead he did the opposite in order to protect himself. That's probably like the recurring theme of, well, but, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe at some backdoor level, they've made this decision that, you know, they've got to get into this new system where, you know, no one owns anything. You won't, you won't own anything. Everyone will be happy. And they've hit the go button on that. And, that's why that's why the you know you saw the the lockstep component of it and you know that's something you um did very well in your video actually um and what's what's wild about it is that they they come out and they say you know this was um these were just um just drills you know it's uh you know we didn't actually it's just a coincidence that it happens to exactly match our scenarios to the letter <laughs> Yeah, not it's, just one, but several. It's it's literally the equivalent of uh, the um, them having drills on like nine eleven. <laughs> what, what are they clairvoyant? It's like so they they predict monkeypox down to the month, and and the guy and like the I mean the nuclear threat initiative. You know, that's Sam Nunn and and Ted Turner, and Ted Turner is like a known degrowth advocate slash neo Malthusian who wants to, wants to depopulate the planet. So there you go. It's. Um, these people are lying to to our faces and gaslighting us incessantly. It's um, the thing about it is, you know, it's like take like the Great Reset for example. They start coming out with this this verbiage, you know, like it's time for a reset, and they have like dozens of politicians all parroting the same uh, friggin' uh, slogans uh, back and forth. And um, then when people call them out on this that they are taking a crisis and utilizing it to, to, uh, to push their agenda through on, on people. Um, they say, Oh, it's just a conspiracy theory. It's not actually, this is, we're not actually doing this kind of thing. But then you actually look at like Klaus Schwab, he actually published a book entitled COVID-19, the great reset that out, that actually outlines the exact policies that they're trying to push. And creates all and it comes up with all sorts of predictions for what the next decade is going to look like. So, so it's like it's they state that I mean they take something that they're doing, that something they they actually know they're doing, and anytime somebody calls it out, they say that's just a conspiracy theory, um, even though they've fully documented exactly what their plans are, and they're not discreet about them at all. Am I? You guys are going. You're American. You'll know this better than me. But I, 
I'm pretty sure I have, uh, in my memory, under the Obama administration, where they had like a big red button for reset. Correct. With Russia. As I was at the Department of State at the time, yes. Yes. That puts that, that in true. a whole new light. Wow. That is true. Well, now granted, it's, it's tough to parse out what of Hillary Clinton is just um, arrogance and stupidity and what is, you know, thoughtful. You know, right. I mean, you have to you. think as part of the State Department and the 2014... Um, I mean, maybe it was a gaslight. I mean, they, at, at this point, I mean, all three of us. But did they, spent... was there really a red button that they? But am I? Yes, there was a there was a red button. That was correct. Yes, and that's the thing is that is that the three of us have been basically observing this and trying to piece everything together now for three years. So I highly, I can't, I can't imagine that that anyone else in our position could possibly like look back on history from the previous decade and not realize oh my god this is so disgusting like this is it's this has all been narrative for so stupid long that i mean like i honestly believe that that the election of trump was such a destabilizing event that like they had no choice but to like they may not even have been ready to do all this crap yet, but I mean, they I, hated I, him I, so much. And I, so I, I, I don't know. Like I say again, I don't have the nuances of American politics down because I just, I just don't live there. And I'd, what, what, got, what's played across the Fox CNN um, dialectic? But how much was Trump sort of onto? Um, like the Ukrainian, I know he. I know he was looking, or, or supposedly looking into investigating what was happening with Ukraine. What What was the status of that, and what? what well, was... obviously, the fact that I think your your question is answered by the fact that um, it might not even have been him. I think it might have been the General Flynn, who was obviously connected to all this crap. And my guess is that he was aware of. You know, the Hunter Biden had been funding the proxy war with all these oligarchs in eastern Ukraine. And so he he wanted to to really hone in on that. And obviously everybody else didn't want him to do that. Uh, my guess is that it was Flynn who really was aware of that game. However, at the same time, he let himself get played when he could not handle that so much better. So I don't know. But to me, I would say that that's where that sort of level of insight would have come from. Would have been somebody like Flynn. Just, just my thought. I don't know. It could be a guess, but, but, but the reason why he was immediately attacked and like they were spying on him and everything because they knew that he was interested in Ukraine before the inauguration, okay? So they were desperate to, to get rid of Flynn. I, I mean, I don't know. What's well, your this, opinion, Sparks? Let, let me, before I wade in and just make an ass of myself with my American politics, but... 
Um, the CIA have been using uh, private intelligence firms and, and NGOs to foment color revolutions in various nations, yeah. one after one after another. Um, this is, I mean, this goes all the way back to um, uh, like the, the former U Yugoslav states and, and Kosovo and all that, and and um, what was it? Um, uh, Serbia. Um, uh, Otpor. Um, later, they they refer to themselves as Canvas. They they changed their name. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Sergio Sergio Popovic. Um, so like this is uh, one thing that I mean one outfit that uh, like like George Soros's Open Societies was <laughs> was found was funding with like millions of dollars to um, to have this guy go in and train people in like non-violent uh, like conflict resolution like um replacing dictatorships and stuff by um by by organizing mass protests and and things like that and then then of course uh once they have the mass protests then they send in agents provocateurs to turn them into riots and then when the when the, then when there's a crackdown then they use that as an excuse for military intervention and so on and so forth so they're basically baiting um, uh, authoritarian leaders in certain countries into attacking their own citizens to give them an excuse to go in. That's how they got Gaddafi. Uh, they yeah. they tried to get uh, Bashar al-Assad the same way, and um, it's uh, and and they staged a coup in Ukraine in 2014. So it's just it's alarming to me that they've been able to get away with this crap for so long and they've been able to shape the narrative such that that this is something noble it's, it's like at, syria was a complete shit show look at um look at uh the white helmets for instance and what was that guy like that x x um who was that guy again that x uh mi5 guy that was um in oh, charge geez. of the uh uh, the white helmets was it um uh, Lemus, James Lemassurier yeah um and that whole organization was basically phony from top to bottom um the, it was it was militants dressing up as like rescuers to like rescue people from debris and stuff um and, and they had photographs of those same of the white helmets and then they they had photographs of them like posing with dead bodies in the back of a truck, and it's the same people. So it's that was a costume that they put militants in to uh, to drum up sympathy for the uh, the freedom fighters over there. It was total bullshit. And then of course the CIA and Operation Timber Sycamore, um, fucking uh, sending millions of dollars in in ordnance. Um, that's uh, ordinance that our tax dollars paid for tow missiles and all kinds of stuff to, um, to Syria so that people could use them to blow up their neighbor's apartments and, and turn their, their whole neighborhood to rubble and look at the, like the hell cannon, for instance, um, no doubt, um, the CIA dropped, uh, like plans for how to build, um, a spigot mortar out of old propane cylinders and stuff. And they, they turned like Aleppo was turned into rubble. I mean, all these different cities in Syria turned into rubble, just flattened. Oh. And these, these people behind this shit are absolutely diabolical. 
not only do they do this shit, they they build PR campaigns around it to make it to sanctify it. It's fucking evil what they do. That's exactly right. You know, th- this is something I was thinking about the other night because um, I guess I'm morbid or whatever. But I was trying to think of a good analogy for for evil, like the the evil that we're seeing right now. And because that's what it is, it's evil. But I guess like the only thing that I could come up with, because what we have to do is we have to get people to understand that that what has happened is so beyond the pale of normal behavior that we have to stop thinking about these people like Fauci, you know, I hate to you know, use his name all the time, but I mean, Jesus is, well, it's pretty evil. And so one, one thing that I've been, that I've been thinking is. Well, actually it's relevant because a a lot of people now know who he is. Right. And so we can, it's a good way of sort of pointing people in, in the right direction. You need to start looking here and then, and then you can start showing that there's, there's more going on um, right. in, well, in the background. and So here's what I would say, because when I was in Iraq in 2005, they were about a year into using IEDs, and so they were starting to get creative. And so when I, my conception of evil since then has been, you know, somebody who is willing to wire up a teddy bear on the side of the road to a couple of one five five rounds and then knowing that really there's two types of people who are going to pick up that teddy bear one is a local child and two is you know some troops are on patrol passing through the area and you know, and they they see the teddy bear and they're thinking of home, you know, because they've got a kid back at home or something. And so, but whatever it is, when you see a teddy bear on the side of the road, you don't think, wow, that's, that's probably tied to a mortar round and it's going to kill me if I go near him. It's a teddy bear. It's something that you implicitly trust. And it's a violation of that trust. They did the same thing with dead bodies. I mean, shit, they did the same thing with living children sometimes. Wow. Um, I mean, they're sick. Because somebody who is willing to to go to that level, it's kind of like the ultimate gaslight, I would say. Yeah, it just it just I makes it just makes me wonder uh, if the Iraqis really fought that up, or just um, how how much we could look at deep state elements um, feeding no, them that, ideas. I mean, that was, well, that was Al Qaeda, like the actual Iraqis. Mm. There was an easy like it was you could tell the difference, um, but more so just that there are some people who, for whatever reason, they're willing to go to that level to to do their violence. And I'm sorry, but there's no cause that anyone can have in which that would be justified. 
Okay. And so think about that. And that was one or two mortar rounds or, you know, whatever. But let's say that that terrorist had only ever done that with that one teddy bear. Well, what has happened during this pandemic? Dr. Fauci has been held up as this, as this image of somebody with massive experience that we should all trust because he's a doctor slash scientist. Um, the media was all parroting this crap, a hero worship. And, uh, you know, I explicitly stated it in my list of conclusions for the the new version of Watchmaker that's, that's come out shortly, but and what I said there was that with the number of Americans who died, the, the human cost of Fauci's decisions to censor, you know, certain things at the beginning of the pandemic, for which we have proof, that we have enough evidence to conclusively now understand that he did it on purpose. Um, the consequence of those decisions on American lives has been greater than that of any presidential decision ever in the history of our country to include FDR's decision to go to war against Japan and Germany in 1941. And so what that really means is because that number was 405,000 American casualties, like deaths. Um, actually, well, deaths, um, combat, and other like disease or not. So in all of World War II, 405,000 Americans lost their lives, 405,399 lost their lives as a result of President Roosevelt's decisions. And what, what I feel quite confident about is that the, the consequences of Fauci hiding the fear in cleavage site and other things so that way the virus could spread in January of 2020 from however long it had been spreading. And to even now, because, because a lot of the long COVID stuff we're seeing derives from damage caused by furin or these HIV epitopes or associated um, other epitopes. So I have no doubt. Ah, that's in a best that, case scenario, bro. Um, that, that is the best because once again, that's assuming that we didn't make it, and that ever, that all of this crap is ultimately on him. But the truth is, is that he actually is evil, because he basically, because even now, even now, three years later, what is he doing? He's still shopping the bivalent booster that he knows has these same epitopes that he knows will continue this cascade of things, slowly killing more and more people. And he's doing it on purpose. He's doing it, he's doing it with the same level of moral justification as the person who strapped that 155 round to a teddy bear. The difference is, is that he's still doing this for kids. People are gladly getting their children immunized because they don't understand what's taking place. So to me, when I look at Fauci, what I see is a million teddy bears. And he keep, he keeps he's still putting down the side of the road, and, and maybe maybe that analogy is doesn't fit perfectly, but it it helps me understand the scale of the evil that's taking place right now. Even right. if he's only a stooge in this, that's the scale of the evil.
we're at a point where you're seeing, you know, I know the UK is setting up production lines for these gene transfection technologies, <laughs> right? And Australia as well. And it's it's going to be, like they're talking about making hundreds of millions of doses per year, right? Yep. Um, oh, that reminds me. Um, did, did you guys see that SEC uh, file that I that I found? Um, crap. Um, it, it had like a list of a bunch of different vaccines that Moderna were developing, and and their um, their code names. Really? Yes. Um, let me um, throw it in the chat here on on Zoom. Um, let's see. The, oh, you guys ever see this file? Uh, well, probably not. I have looked at a lot of SEC filings recently, but so like they, they they have not like publicly uh, announced any of this, but they have this SEC filing that has a bunch of different like codes for like mRNA uh, vaccines for NIPA, um, cyto, um, uh, respiratory syncytial virus, cytomegalovirus, yep, all kinds of virus. Uh, it's like what the hell. Yeah, and and you know, again, it's stuffed. Do we want to be? Um, do we have to take this approach to treat them? Right, and look on the strength of the evidence that we've just been walking through. Um, I would say it has, the answer has to be a resounding no. Any anything that's this sort of public health orientated approach. Um. Well, like I say, we don't know if we can stop it, but the. Uh... Oh my God! There's Kid so many nuggets here. Ah. So get this. So here's one for you, Kevin. That you like. You'll appreciate this, and I think that Pfizer's doing the same thing. Um, the VEGF, the localized regenerative therapeutics. I heard. I heard of this, something related to this the other day. So get this, they're making a vaccine to help repair cardio tissue that's damaged from their first vaccine. Mm, yeah. That's, that's, that's an incredible, uh, I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. that that's pretty freaking awesome. Um, it's much, much worse than that. Um, VGF overexpression is uh, something that occurs in tumorigenesis. So like like um, tumors actually make use of VEGF overexpression to form um, new blood vessels oh, oh, to yeah. feed the tumor. That's right. That's right. So it's right. Uh, vas vascular endothelial That's growth right. factor. It it it. I mean, when it it is set off, it causes blood vessels to branch out into tissue. So like if we're like healing processes and stuff, that's great, but you don't want to like give a blood supply to a tumor. So that's a good and point. This is something this is something that they're promoting for heart regeneration, and they have absolutely no proof that they can keep the therapy localized in the heart and that it won't travel all throughout the body and feed tumors. That's, wow, you're right. Okay, you're right. That is more devious. It's even more tedious. <laughs> I was thinking. Uh, th <sighs> this, um, 
look, I don't, I don't want to be against, you know, new, uh, improved therapies, but it, it's got to be something that's done at an individual level in discussion with your own primary care physician, whatever ailment you you've got, and I, I, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess the. It's it's kind of like what what do we buy off as as the problem to solve right now? You know, we could we could talk about the nanoparticles that they want to get into people's brains to um, sort of engage in the behavior mod modulation, and I would I would still put that as it's on the radar, but it's further out on the radar right now. That if we don't if we don't stop the immediate right now. It, it 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 doesn't matter um what what we do in in terms of trying to stop that the you know the, the more lurid or, or the more sci-fi to this out to this out uh here on nih national cancer institute just sent a link right here to their sheet here about angiogenesis inhibitors that says like explicitly the process of angiogenesis is controlled by chemical signals in the body. Some of these signals such as vascular endothelial growth factor bind to receptors in the surface of normal endothelial cells. And what they're basically talking about here is using VEGF inhibitors to prevent tumor tumor formation. <laughs> so, yeah, this is not good. Fauci's really trying, good. Like, they're stating something that's going to cause even more this. casualties. Just uh, thalidomides in the list. Uh, how funny. Uh, who would have thought? Right. <laughs> it's know, good you know, for something. Interesting <laughs> is that, what's interesting is that NEPA, and I didn't realize this until very recently, NEPA is actually one of the only viruses that get bandied about and talked about that does not... Um, efficiently um, use furin. It doesn't really have a workable furin cleavage site. So, and out of all... Not yet, Charles. Weapons, out of, well, yeah, no, not yet. Out of all the... Oh, that's actually another thing because you saw, kind of saw the punchline because they've been inserting cleavage <laughs> sites into NEPA, but... I'll be not surprised. But, but when I... So I made a list, like I took... I know Kevin remembers, um, but I, I kind of put this list of like the bio, like how experts rate SARS-CoV-2 as a bioweapon. Um, well, the 33 things that are on that list, almost all of them utilize furin in some form or fashion. So, so, so whether it's a bacteria, whether it's a toxin from a bacteria, whether it's a virus, um, they all kind of have, like furin is tied into this. And obviously it's also tied into amyloid and um, cancer formation. So this is really what kind of drove it home for me is that they, they this is what they were trying to do. They were trying to do, they were trying to fiddle with the genome. And I'm still trying to dig in more into that. But beyond that, the other half of this is for bioweapons purposes. 
they 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 wanted to mix the this purin stuff because you could you can make virus aerosol you could do all these different things and the hiv you know immunosuppressant mixed with other immunosuppressants like all of this is just sick and it it, it really does center on furin which is so devious because of all these second third order effects that, that it has um and nipa is the one virus that i saw that did not have workable furin cleavage site and the fact that they were trying to put one in there like in the last couple of years is just disgusting like because if it could be any more ridiculous than it already is the fact that they're talking about a nipa virus vaccine well guess what i mean we don't need that it's not super transmissible so like we, we probably could have thought of something better and, and more efficient you know like a i don't know uh a draco or you know something else that could have could be a much better way to approach dealing with those nipa cases that pop up than an mrna vaccine and i mean it's just disgusting yeah all right well, <laughs> The thing they're going to be pushing next is um, uh, mRNA-based longevity treatments. Uh, well, probably just for the uh, just for the overclass. But um, the thing is, is that um, so do you see that experiment they were doing with um, uh, with mice with uh, Yamanaka factors to uh, reset the epigenome and cells? Yes, that's one of the that's one of the seventy studies that I uh, that I set aside. Yeah, you better you better explain what Yamanaka factors are for people. Who so are. there are these factors that you can that you can use to essentially to reprogram the epigenetic uh, to like reset the epigenetic state of a cell. If you use all of them like full blast, you can actually revert a cell to an induced pluripotent stem cell. So yeah, it essentially cool. essentially turns into a stem cell. So, uh, but if you only use them partially, you can like kind of reset the cell to a more youthful state without making it into a stem cell. Um, so what yeah. they're, they're looking at is using this to kind of like turn back the clock on aging on cells. And exactly um, But funnily enough, uh, just uh, Yuri ah, was in my, uh, was in my uh, back corner there, just as you were talking about that. And uh, that's his, um, his thing, uh, Yamanaka factors and uh, um, vaccines as a, or, or next gen, transfection technologies as a as a way to um go for rev uh, you know reverse aging um, so the thing is if you use if you if you use like e coli or yeasts to produce a protein outside the body in a bioreactor and then you try and use that that protein as a biologic drug then that needs to have um that protein first of all needs to be purified with column chromatography so that's an additional additional um production step right there but then also um it needs to be it needs to either have like a, a cell penetrating peptide attached to it so it can penetrate the cell membrane like hiv tat for instance um or it mm -hmm. needs to be packaged packaged up inside like a lipid nanoparticle or something that can fuse with the cell and deposit its cargo into the cell so um the the reason why they're, they're pushing this mrna business is because they want to be able to use human cells as bioreactors to produce any yeah, arbitrary just, oh, protein God, that's exactly right 
Exactly. It's uh and they even explicitly say that. I mean, you have DARPA guys and like going up like we're using humans as bioreactors. It's like what? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Okay, so, so, yeah. So I wanna I wanna throw in a little bit of context here from my perspective, because the DARPA Echo program was the one that was originally pre-pandemic. They, they were developing this technology specifically because well, according to the, like what they actually said, what they want to be able to do was test for exposure to toxic agents, um, you know, for warfighters and stuff to see if they'd come into contact with certain things. And the truth is, is that they had to know that this was, that this door, if it, once cracked open, there's a whole bunch of stuff they could do. Now, an epigenetic signature, they're really, means is that uh, whenever your body is is hit with a pathogen or a certain major stress you know or, or smoking for instance like when your body is reacting to uh, like something that comes from outside the body it creates a memory of that and so what it does is it goes to this special place the chromosomes, the epigenome, and basically, well, it's called methylation, but let's just pretend that you have a, a, a paint, like a paintbrush, and you're just marking, and you're turning on and off certain genes that creates this memory of this event. And it, it, it in turn fuels this response by your various body systems, depending on what the signals are done, to to act accordingly, you know, okay, if it's an immune response or, or whatever it is, it's a, so this keeps a record. And as you go throughout your life, you're building this, this story of what's happened to you over in your body. And so what he's talking about is the notion that what they want to do is they want to go back and they want to take those paints, like, splashes off. So they want to remove that methylation signature from those, they want to reverse it so that way they can potentially reverse, and that, well, that's what they're doing as mice, reversing the aging of the cell and, like, tr tr basically trying to, you know, heal it slash, uh, you know, get it to this position where it can last much longer or whatever indefinitely. And that is, it is something that would seem to be possible not that we're what not that we can do it but that's exactly where they're going and once again the public doesn't understand any of this and they are in no reason to hurry but darpa just wanted to apply it to the pandemic because they wanted to help the pandemic response and fauci said no he didn't want this shit. he did not want these awesome science technologies that are emerging to be applied toward this pandemic and there's only one possible reason why he could have done that, which is he hates us, and this is exactly what he wanted. Right, so, so he's just getting orders yep. from. Oh yeah, I mean, whoever it is, they, this was about control, it's about exploiting the crisis, not not meeting the crisis as heroes. This is about exploiting this crisis. So, you see, you there's know. there's one thing that leaps leaps out at me thinking about these sort of 
trying to roll back their epigenetic signatures and and that's the that's the data that we saw from Anna Burkhardt's work, right? Where um, <laughs> he's seeing the expression in uh, from the lipid network. We'll make the presumption it's from the the, the shot, um, not some not some consequence of infection in this case. But if if it's from the exposure to the to the vaccine, there wasn't a tissue that didn't seem to be impacted or, or, or critical organ system that seemed to be not impacted. So brain, cardiovascular, reproductive, and immune um, system. And yeah, it, it just, you know, this is Mark, just tonic life, folks. Um, you know, his sort of idea that they were, they were looking to test on a, on a mass scale and you know they've they've got a whole bunch of data now about actual biodistribution in human beings that they never would have would have got or or trying to infer it from even a monkey 40 years of research in 3 years yeah and Bastards. I've been I've been hearing that that these mRNA vaccines are causing like stuff that goes well beyond like myocarditis and pericarditis. Like I'm hearing of stuff like aortic rupture mm. and stuff too. Like yeah, so just really the hello guys. Yeah, the um Anna Burkhart showed. Oh crap! That. It looks like Zoom froze. Zoom froze. Oh yeah, maybe it did. Can you hear me? Uh, I I heard you, but um, ah, then it died. <laughs> Guys, hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's see. <laughs> Let me just put this in the chat. Um. Start. Back on. It's back on. Okay. Yep. I don't know what happened there. Um, it kind of froze there. Yeah. Like I was saying, um, I've been hearing that uh, these mRNA vaccines can cause stuff that's way worse than than like myopericarditis. They can cause like aortic rupture, except so from from immune cells attacking the aorta. Hmm. That's. I mean, that's something where if somebody gets that, they go down like instantly. Yeah, and kind of that, that's so. that's what Anna Burkhart. Um, he he had examples of that, and um, you know the. Well, I guess if you were to try to argue from the industry side, that they'd make the argument that well, you know, if we express a, a self protein, that that's not going to happen. Right, you're not going to have the uh, immune system turn on. Cells that are transfected, um, maybe. Um, I don't. I don't know. And again, I wouldn't. I. I. Me personally, I wouldn't want to. Um, stop the progress in the technology, in such in such fashion that, that wasn't available, for um, 
for people because you know potentially it's a the cost of the treatment is not that expensive right you know how much it costs by just what they've done with the vaccines right now yeah so um you know potentially you could you could help her if it works and you know the 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 way that it's spreading through organ systems which um I, I'm look. I, I don't think you could get better caliber than Burkhart in um, pathology. Um, that that's what his data shows. So um, you know, maybe maybe it 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 could be an approach that to, to be used and for something good. But I I don't see them trying to do that right now. There's um, and so until until we wind back the assault that has been made on, on fundamental rights, sovereignty, um, you, you name it, it's come under attack. <laughs> we're we're, um, we're going to be in a two-tier system, right? The, yeah, the, the, the chosen class will, will have access to it, and then us uh, lumpen proletariat will be... Uh, um, well, lobotomized fish food right or whatever into cricket food it's um the, the really creepy part about all this is how they've been trying to normalize neuro warfare mm. um, like james james giordano charles morgan all of that um and then look at uh was it that that one um report uh was it cognitive warfare um bioenhancement it's it's actually it's on um innovation hub uh let me see it, if i can pull up the link right here um and this is a report actually prepared for nato's innovation hub kind of get together thing that they were doing and um uh, basically yeah, i just they, i just heard a bump downstairs um carry on uh just i'll be back and they're just discussing how, um, like the human, the the human is the contested domain of the new form of warfare. It's like, and then of course you have James Giordano of the Modern War Institute at um, at West Point speaking to cadets and saying, you know, like uh, we can influence the brain with nanoparticles, uh, viruses, um, drugs, and um, candidly discussing, you know, like how um they can manipulate um uh human behavior and manipulate like like uh dissidents and um and civilians even so i mean this is something where basically they're looking at like indiscriminately targeting um people who are out of uniform people who are non-combatants and that's the part that really disturbs me about all of this yeah, I definitely, the normalization, that was clear to me. Um, and I kind of agree with, with JC on this, and, and that a lot of that is BS that they can't actually do yet, or not in the way that makes it, like, like they're, they're, they're making bluffing. it seem like that. It, they're kind. It's not necessarily that they're bluffing. It's just that they're 
they're not as far in advance as he's making it seem. But yes, you're right. That is absolutely returned to normalize it. It's an area of like active research, and um, eventually oh, yeah. they're they're going to um, come up with a breakthrough in this in this field that's going to uh, change everything. So, uh, did you see that um, presentation by Sakrat Kizroev? Um, at uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, oh, uh, hold on. Here we go. Um, advanced materials to enable wireless brain machine interface. Um, and everyone's all focused on Neuralink and they're like, oh, Neuralink's all scary. It's the, you got like a chip in your brain kind of a thing. But meanwhile, yeah, DARPA not... are trying to develop a surgery-free um, nanotransducer, like, a, like yeah. a nanoparticle that actually enters the cells and can be manipulated with like a helmet that's worn on the head that uh, produces electromagnetic fields or, or ultrasound. And there are several teams that are working on this. So um, it's like Battelle and, and Rice and uh, Carnegie Mellon, um, uh, Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory, um, Park and Teledyne um, are all working on DARPA's N3 program. And um, basically the way it works is you have these little nanoparticles that enter brain cells then they hit them with like RF or or um, electromagnetic fields, like like um, electromagnetic resonance, and um, it changes the membrane potential of the cell. So the ion uh, flow in and out of the cell, and and the spiking potential of, of neurons. So it's yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm back. My house isn't imploding. Sounded like it. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. Um... Presuming you're talking about uh, N3 brain no, no. initiative. The, the, N, the N3, yeah. yeah. The thing about it is that, like, Klaus Schwab actually mentions the uh, DARPA's brain initiative by name in his book. So this is a thing where he's, like, uh, like aware of the, um, the the developments in this technology. And, <laughs> like, numerous people who are involved in, like, like brain-computer interface research are doing presentations at the World Economic Forum. And and talking about like how we're all going to be like like have our brains um, surveilled by our employers by the police kind of a thing. It's like really really sketchy shit. Yeah. It's it's not. I mean, for me, this sure the state of the technology may be far more primitive than the, than they they're letting on, but at the same time, it's like the intent here, the the way that they are just pushing for like brain surveillance is just absolutely appalling. But well, it, they want to be ahead of, so this is all part of maintaining that distance between the, the proletariat and themselves because the, as the technology accelerates, um, their advantage over everybody else will accelerate, which is why we, we cannot allow that gap to to just grow ridiculously out of proportion, you know, because because they don't care. Because if the more technological superiority you have over the people at large, the less you have to give a shit. I mean, they obviously don't care now about us. So just imagine 
that got even more ridiculous than it already is. It's actually hard for me to fathom, but I mean, it's inevitable. It seems like so. Yeah, we should probably have, think about that. If if they're pushing for us to be reduced to like a surf cast that that um, uh, leases everything from a bunch of, of rentiers who sit around and produce nothing of value whatsoever. Um, if they're, they're actually pushing for that and, and they're also pushing for AI and um, brain computer interfaces um, that sets off a lot of alarm bells because it, what it looks like is they're trying to create a permanent surf cast that is like mentally and physically incapable of, of descent. Yes, and yep. just to answer someone in the chat, that's exactly what Charles Lieber was into. Um, little flats and... Um, that's a good point. Yeah, Char play. Charles Lieber. Um, Charles Lieber was taking money from China's Thousand Talents plan. Uh, he was indicted by the, the DOJ and actually uh, charged and convicted for that and tax evasion. Um, there was like this... They were doing this investigation into scientists that were um, uh, essentially uh, taking money from the the PRC, and um, it's uh, it's it's really a, a troublesome thing because they, they, the reason why they're doing this is for intelligence purposes. They're trying to get at proprietary technology that our scientists are working on by headhunting them and uh, plying them with bribes. So. Um, but the the thing about it is that like Charles Lieber was work, was doing research for, um, for the Air Force, for DARPA, uh, for NIH, for MITRE, and um, he was also a colleague, a close colleague of Robert Langer, who was uh, one of the co-founders oh, yes. of Moderna, and and Robert Langer um, has like this massive bibliography of papers. He this guy is like. A super whiz scientist who's like worked on like nanoparticle drug delivery and all kinds of things. And uh, Charles Lieber, um, Robert Langer, and, and Daniel Cohane worked on this this project back in 2012 to make like um, uh, like tissue scaffolds, like extracellular tissue scaffolds for for monitoring heart activity, so that they could like um, implant these scaffolds into like into heart muscle tissue and be able to actually determine someone's heartbeat from like implanted sensors kind of a wow. deal that sort of thing i'm so turned on right now <laughs> <laughs> just uh well i was just gonna say isn't it enough they got their uh smart watch on you <laughs> go get in there and, uh, jab it right in the heart like pulp fiction is that, is that the one with it's, the overdose um... that's pulp fiction right and the thing about it is that like miter for instance um they they funded um, Charles Lieber's research, but then at the same time you have Miter also funding. Was it the the um, and backing um, the C nineteen HCC, the COVID nineteen Healthcare Coalition, uh, where um, Miter Palantir, uh, excuse me, Palantir, uh, InQtel, um, and uh, Amazon's AWS and Salesforce. We're all uh, yes. getting... down holy quintuplet. Exactly. It's like, well, not just them. It's like also like, like dozens of other um, uh, organizations involved in like, in like AI and big data yeah. research, um, all um, digging through 
like uh, COVID-19 patient data and uh, pandemic oh, tracking and stuff. It's like, good grief. Very, very disturbing on a... Like I said, I, I have to ask myself, where are the ethicists in, in this? Right, Gina? There, 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 are, there are whole... There's supposed to be medical ethicists out there and... Um, well, yeah. there are. In fact, um, in my list of epigenetic uh, articles, I included some that were talking about the implications of this, like for forensics and crime and, and things like that. And, and the truth is that there are a lot of people who are concerned about this. Um, there are zero people who, who, even if they wanted to, would be able to stop this further continuance of the technology revolution from occurring. So um, it seems like everybody's just given up. And because, I mean, we saw every failsafe that was ever designed and put in place to specifically prevent all the shit that happened in this pandemic. And they all failed every single one of them in fact pretty much from the beginning it didn't even seem like they were trying and so when you see that level of 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 just rolling over then you know it, like if anybody can be bought and this is actually something that i talked about with um, with andrew huff when we were on uh chem.com's uh, twitter space and I pointed out that they. Oh God! Now it's gonna now it's gonna fall out of my brain. I was gonna say it. Um, oh God! I hate well, the ethicists old. and buying up uh, and stoke that memory back. Obviously. Oh God! Yes. Oh, it was good too. Well, I, yeah. oh, whilst God. you're whilst you're fishing for that, you're right in the. Um, there's been a, a complete collapse of, well, what I understood to be um, operational principles uh, that, I, I, I don't know, but was I stupid to try and um, play by the, the rules in that, in that sense? Was, was the cheating just that massive that everything, everything was pointless, the, the rules, rule sets are arbitrary? Um, you know, I did... I, I saw people get put through the ringer for um, essentially, you know, breaches of rules with respect to animal handling, etc. I did, I did see things like that. Right. But, you know, that's and now, they... and now we are literally testing on humanity <laughs> directly. Screw the apes. Uh... <laughs> and you know, the getting back to your point about um, as the as the technology widens and look. Uh, you, I don't, I, I don't have an ethical issue on my side to go through a hundred monkeys to help children with diseases. I, I, I don't. I, I, it's a, it's a platform, a tool to use. Um, of course, use it wisely, sparingly. Be, be, be. Um, well, you know, I, I, like I said, every monkey I had, I, I treated it like a pet dog, right? Tried to sort of play games with it and, and enrich it in that sort of respect and um, minimize all um, discomfort and what have you. But at, at, at an operational level, 
you know that was that was part of the toolbox that I had available to me to crack a particular problem and um yeah it's i i guess the yeah we had this discussion right and funnily enough i was informed it was Rand Paul who sort of was sponsoring the legislation to remove the the sort of animal testing from the from the requirements for for clinical work that's weird mm. that makes zero sense and um it 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 well i don't know maybe maybe under the current circumstances you might want to rethink the the position but um yeah and look if if there if there are better ways to um test stuff i um i would be happy to um you know there's there's this concept of free r's that you use in research which is refi re replace refine and get but uh, it, it basically you know you're trying to get down to the the sort of lowest uh, lower down the evolutionary chain the the better in terms of what you can uh what you can test right. with and um but you know the the humble humble macaque monkey has stopped a lot of um a lot of stuff rolling out onto onto humans unnecessarily that's not perfect right i i, I know of examples where what was deemed safe in primates just didn't uh, was essentially toxic in in, in humans. Um, but again, it's this, it's a it's such a complex landscape, and to think that you could just by decree get rid of all all these safeguards that were that have been put in place over decades and. You could you could almost argue centuries. Um, that it, it it sort of put, it it speaks to um, what Spartacus was saying at the beginning that you, you've you've got this um, inane managerialism coming through and thinking that they you know it's just ox ticking and stuff to to change systems and there's there's not going to be fallout and I I just I don't think that's the um it's it's that simple. Um but. well let, let me posit this question to uh to uh our favorite uh Oh sorry, it was reduce the third R. Reduce, refine, replace. Oh sorry. no, Spartaco Spartacus is Roman. <laughs> sorry, dude. No, it's okay. Well <laughs> I, to kind of salvage the original in, intent of this video, not that I think it's been very successful, to be honest, in terms of uh, kind of where the discussion went. But at the same time, I I'm kind of curious when it comes to the biodefense complex. Is there is there anything positive that we can build on after we clear after we tear down the the ivory towers? Is there good news? Is is there something? Some hope, other than there needs now, to be getting... there needs to be oversight for all of this stuff, and it needs to be reshored to the U.S. We can't have this business of 
tax dollars being funneled by NGOs into foreign biolabs to to work on uh, to do virus research because that's just I mean that's just completely unacceptable. It's like, you know, the the thing about it is that you know they, they may come up with the excuse like it's easier to work on viruses on site, you know, like like um, uh, that are endemic to a certain location, but you know it's it's not a big deal to sh- to ship samples from uh, from abroad to laboratories in the U.S. Um, they do have the technology. Yeah, it's not like MRNA so, or anything. Yeah, <laughs> so it's um, <laughs> <laughs> and there needs to be oversight and there needs to be accountability. You know, this not this business of like secret committees with like secret membership and um, uh, FOIAs with completely redacted sheets of paper that are just like totally blank like nothing it's like this this that business has to stop there needs to be more transparency in virus research and well, it's not just viruses they don't have the, they, they don't they don't have classified stuff that's a the thing they're not the nih per fauci's own words doesn't do classified research so by that very definition okay well you mean to tell me then that, that in, a million americans have died but we can't see your unclassified like completely not classified email conversations because why because i mean to the point where you only show them to congress members in camera review in a skiff and they can't take in like they can't take notes uh, this is okay. a new word to okay. me what's what what, what exactly comprises do. a skiff what's what's a skiff in this concept i heard it the other day with uh it's a oh geez it's it's basically a compartmented it's a classified room it's a place where they store classified information so like a a skiff is like um they'll have like these facilities where um that are specifically for for certain uh certain projects uh where they'll bring out classified information related to that um that uh and, and the facility usually a skiff has like um, um all kinds of security measures they'll have like a like a faraday cage they'll have like like uh, kind of like um soundproofing all kinds of measures to try and prevent um signal interception and snooping and stuff so it's and and then they'll, they'll bring out they'll bring out like classified documents and and data files and look at like really skiffs are like for really um secretive stuff so well, well you just had the state department then the other day saying we need to be doing that shouldn't be happening right if everything is non-classified when they're saying we need to do things in a skiff it's like it's literally like like get smart in the cone of silence so it's uh have you ever seen get smart uh not sure. Oh my God! Let me see if I, I can bring it up. Yeah, basically, basically, this word. Like, here we go. Say that I want to go look at classified cables, Department of State. That's where we would go to see the reports and the suspected uh, biological attack at embassy or something. So, is that kind of like that? You go there to get on the classified networks and talk over classified. Uh, teleconference show like that. So not what Fauci needed to be doing. 
Again, I would I would come back to the point of um, we we need to be very careful about changing definitions, changing um, uh, being very careful with scientific language, such that we don't allow wiggle room and um, God, just just. Uh, Actually, needs to go to prison. Yeah, so some of that. because <laughs> a lot of people really, do, bro. We have to, we we have, and we have to make examples of people who've done really terrible, bad things. Because if we don't, then there. I mean, the last thing we need is the deep state to completely be unfettered by anything, you know, like they already are. We don't need to exacerbate that by increasing the technology gap or anything else we need to make we need to make them actually at least pause momentarily before they completely violate every one of the you know the bill of rights or the declaration of independence because you know the life liberty and the pursuit of happiness is even bigger and they're violating that too well they're technically you know this like we're in this situation where um, you know the because we've seen them changing language, right? So, to, to Sparkus's point of um, we we must have oversight over the virus research. Well, it, it also includes this concept of countermeasures, and you know, I, okay, right. The the idea of you know that sort of in civilian life that you would be talking about countermeasures the way that they have done and like i said what um doc kecker did with his court case in um virginia where they where they literally show it's because of the prep act basically said well because it because these are countermeasures your right to um the informed consent framework doesn't exist right and it's it's these subtle changes in language that i i really think we've got to be um, holding a line on and saying, "Hey, you can't, you can't just go swap, hot swapping definitions on the, on the fly, such that we, the public can't can't keep up, right?" And you know the, I don't know, like um, Professor Boyle's work as definitions and standards should stand in perpetuity of as to what we uh, what we'll countenance with not only not only governments but also um corporations should they wish to um trade you know, in, in your boundaries and in, in your borders and it, we, well we've just let everything get away from us at this point the, the mob <laughs> what, what's the was the covid-19 Mafia, the biodefense the, the, the bio, mafia. bio mafia, yeah. Mm. And it's it, um... and that wraps up the countermeasures as well, right? That's all, it's all in- included. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, DARPA and DITRA are basically at the center of all of this. Well, well, and that in the NIH and um, and Anthony Fauci and and his 
merry little men. Well, it, use that word loosely in uh, the Biden. Uh, right. Heaven, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the, well, the, I, I, I'm just brought back again if you're new to listening to me um if you want an idea of how much these people had bought into the idea of this technology and countermeasures you have to find the podcast with andrew weber uh, the honorable andrew weber i think the title is the 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 disarmament guy who was going around uh, finding all these WMDs who again he, d he doesn't say he, he, not a scientist by any, by any training and sounded is convinced that they've negated the the um threat that comes from gain of function type research or just or just it doesn't even have to be gain of function just just deadly pathogens <laughs> that, yeah, that mRNA platform—it's got it licked, and we have to. I mean, have... JC says it's not really real, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said I don't, I don't know why he's um, so intent on, like I say, trying to redefine well-understood phenomenon and concepts. And, you know, like the focus on like the words he's using with like infectious clone, etc. That was just <clears throat> inherent in reverse genetics that have been, that the people were talking about right from the beginning of all this, right? That, that, that this, was, this was where the concern, the concern goes. The fact that you can go ahead Make something that's um, I don't know. Maybe AI comes up with a I don't know upgrade to neuromuscular junctions or something. I don't know. If I think of whatever, and you can encode it into your plasmid, and uh, and off you go. Um, I'm I would I would I would have a as broad a definition as possible of what gain and function means and how to keep it under control with the caveat that if, if there's real medical need in in some instance yeah i i, I don't I, I don't know what else to, to, to how to structure the the legislation otherwise because you get um, we have to <laughs> We have to have a to create a, a culture of actual leadership and integrity, because otherwise we can get rid of all these people. And you know, we, we have to recreate a decent human being as a scientist before we can trust them again. And we don't really have a choice. So you know, well, I, I don't think that Hugh Auchincloss is going to be is going to be the I I don't I don't see uh, many people on the, the no one that we we're li literally in touch with. <laughs> well, the Almighty Himself stepping down and uh, 
wiping the board clean. Keep abusing it and yeah. do whatever they want with it. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, I, I want to I want to wrap up because I want to get uh, kids are going to come home soon. I need to get some doors done. I've, I want to find out what that thump was. It wasn't something in the house, and so <laughs> my house it could be uh, some. <laughs> Some chunk of siding falling off outside. <laughs> got it. I got it. A... It could have been. It could have been a pilot dying suddenly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard the uh, FAA were loosening uh, res like restrictions for pilots or something. And they um the disturbing the, thing uh, is, my my house AG. is right under the flight path for the military um, base. I, I about 10 kilometers away from here and japan flies f4 still and those things are fucking noisy man wow <laughs> they use them as trainers um i i i don't know i mean i, I guess part of their defense force i mean i, I uh. guess that that dynamic is changing now but um they they use them a lot um, they do have their own version of a, like a little fifth gen um, fighter that I've seen going over. Um, but uh, yeah, those those F fours, man. They're just because they're I don't know. I guess because they're not very aerodynamic, right? They kind of when they're when they've slowed down coming in. I guess there's a trade off with the thrust on the. Um, lift off the wings and if, if i said it was a thousand feet above my head that would be very much an overestimate maybe half that <laughs> now nah, it's gonna be nice. more than 500 feet but wow <laughs> all right I don't, I, I don't know any concluding remarks from uh anyone apart from uh but burning health we, we got that bit down right um i guess uh basically you know we we just have to keep fighting against this crap as as hard as we possibly can and exposing these people and the networks that they that they've put together to perpetrate this crime um, I think for me, the most shocking thing was seeing, um, I mean, recently was seeing like Sasha Latipova and, um, Catherine Watts analysis of the legal frameworks and that they were using to push this through as well as, um, the use of uh, the other transaction authority to essentially order something that isn't even like a, like legally treated as a pharmaceutical product, but a prototype that is absolutely outrageous they've essentially sidestepped all consumer protections for pharmaceuticals with that yeah and it, it took decades to put all of that into into place i would argue there, there was a and long it, long winding road post and guess, yes, and and guess who was there intent. guess who was there oh yeah i know who you're gonna say <laughs> um, anthony <laughs> Tony. Yes, that, that shows intent. It's not just the the hard the hard thing for me to to digest. Even though the evidence is, well, I'm, I keep discovering it, is the fact that 
whatever wherever this virus came from, the the backwards, exact opposite things that they did were done on purpose, and people have to accept that. People have to understand that that a million Americans and whatever number of other people, they didn't have to die. They didn't have to die. It doesn't. It didn't matter. What their specific cause of death was it with COVID, of COVID, was it medical uh, practice, etc. At the end of the day, we didn't have to have this pandemic. They not only had the awareness to to stop it in its tracks, they had the technology to stop it in its tracks, and they had the public's trust that that's what they would do when it came time to do it. So they, it's not like they just failed because they didn't fail. They succeeded in doing whatever it was. They, they did this on purpose. And I think that the only way and the best way that we can keep, um, that, we, that we can, you know, gain a measure of goodness from this is to ensure that we do everything we can to get past the censorship, past all this other crap, because I mean, we've we've learned a lot, and we've this is a, a process of maturation. But we have no choice. Like there's no, there's not another option, because we cannot let this happen again. So why, he's right. We have to keep educating ourselves. We have to make sure that I, I think it's our responsibility, the three of us, amongst all these other people on our side, to. To educate the, the public, prepare them, and and well, shit, you know, until until the end of time, I guess, because it's just it's as long as you draw in breath, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe we this might not be a fight that we wanted, yeah. but it's a we have a response. I believe we have a responsibility as people who've who've done so much work, you know. To share that and so no so that's what keeps me going because if i think about the future and like everything we've talked about it would just be horrifically depressing so i don't i just think about wh what we can do now so Very yeah so. fine words okay thank you gentlemen um i will no doubt be speaking to you offline um <laughs> various points for fantastic as always yes yeah it's, uh brilliant um i encourage everyone please come watch uh covid19 biodefense mafia i'll put the link in the chat um it's a i'm gonna watch it right now superb summary um it's a who's done it why won't it let me all right i won't put it in the chat <laughs> it's just stupid thing is broken again if I, do I, I already linked it Okay. Uh, just playing the deep state. Yeah. <laughs> just tell me up, boys. <laughs> Always on with me. Um, all right, gents. I'll, I'll end the call. And uh, thank you very much for the time. And um, no doubt it's a, like I say, evolving discussion. We'll, we'll keep on it. Hey, have a good one, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. It was fun. Okay. Right. Do that. And. Um, Yes, thank you very much for listening. I hope I hope it's still streaming.
to be. And uh, I'm locked out of, uh, I don't know if anyone sent a dono or not, so I can't say thank you. If if you have, I'll do it in the next stream. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, again, uh, I'll be back. Um, I'm going to do a Twitter space, um, I think, uh, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, Wednesday, which is... sometime for tomorrow for me i think um so that's when i'll probably be streaming next uh take care everyone um look after yourselves god bless i right, will see you in the next one let's have some uh righteous outrage to go out with bro you don't know how angry i am you do i'm like i was just leaving for fucking work you do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that law line i will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine fuck these peppers i will fucking kill each fucking pepper i swear <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore this is fucking dead serious i am fucking dead serious these people don't know who the fuck they actually playing with fuck these peppers no fucking vaccine or mri or ever throws you on my fucking blood blood never i will fucking die and my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. All them five. I hate this guy. Since 10.45,000 turned in. Where are they? 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 Where